Hello everyone and welcome to episode 15 of the Swapcast. I'm Dave. I'm Ewan. And Corona Hell continues. Mm. But uh, the plus side of this is that uh, we've been able to get guests on uh, at a regular basis. Uh, so Ewan, do you want to do the uh, introductions? Yeah, so first of all we're joined by a regular pain in the arse, but, one of the, but uh, a sweetheart at the same time. It's Liam Stevens. Hello. And so he's like, so so if he's a pain in the ass, it's also a sweetheart. Isn't he like prepar? Isn't he like hemorrhoids that uh, administers its own preparation H? Yeah. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also joined us to join us tonight on this podcast. You know him, you love him. He marks out, and in fact, he's the captain of marking out. It's Adam Dean. Sweet Jesus, I am back, people. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Adam, and um, this is your full debut, as it were, on the uh, Swapcast. Of course, you joined us for uh, the uh, commentary on uh, the inaugural Wrestle Queendom, uh, which uh, was a lot of fun, I must admit. Oh, yeah. Uh, be sure good. to listen to that if you get the opportunity, listeners. One of my favourite episodes to date, I think, we've ever done. I think that's... Uh, Definitely, awesome. yeah. A tremendous episode. I really enjoyed that. No, it was genuinely one of the most fun episodes I think of any like anything we've done podcast related in uh, in a long time. Uh, no, definitely, it was like a house party doing that podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> just a bit. Yes. It, it was a great pay-per-view, great great review. Yeah, happy happy to be a part of it. Yeah, then uh, me and Dave, me and Dave went three hours and a, and a half. Doing our uh, our retroactive like look look back at the shows and yeah it went on forever but it was that was great fun as well just telling more stories of uh, a night in Bethnal Green. It was definitely uh, <laughs> I felt like I'd been in the wars when I uh, got back home at like quarter past three in the morning that day but uh, so much fun just just yeah. a ridiculous amount of fun I had. I'd like to go out of your fucking house, Dave. How'd you get in at 3.15? Um, the long and short... Well, from... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned... Uh, you know, it, I mean, I've mentioned this before. I live about 15 minutes away from Resgal. Um, yeah. But uh, I decided to make a detour via Stepney Green um, to uh, basically Stepney Green Station. Uh, there's like a big parade of chicken shops, which are pretty much the only thing in... The, it seems the only thing that really open in the borough of tower hamlets after say half past one so obviously do after the meet and greet i was super peckish i'd not eaten properly that whole day so yeah i think the long short of it i just went to one of these uh, chicken shops picked up a kebab and uh headed on my way, merry way home but the, uh, the the kebab shop I, the, the chicken shop i'd went to was rammed so it took me nearly 45 minutes longer <laughs> so basically i did a 45 minute detour yeah, I thought I had chicken that night actually, because I think I mean, my mum got some in. Possibly, when I was home, I'm pretty sure I had like a chicken and chips when I uh, when I got home. Either yeah. way, it was absolutely quality. Oh yeah, it was. I think what it was, it was the cherry on top of a really enjoyable day. It was. Oh yeah, without a doubt, it was like it was like. Uh, it was wonderful, obviously. If you want all the stories and everything, go and check that podcast out. If you've watched Wrestle Queen for the first time or multiple times, it's worth a 
it's worth a look. It's worth a look. We do tell a lot of stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, lads, it's a new day. It's a new podcast. Um, let's start with life. the potpourri section. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, uh, I, um, Yuan was about to break into some karaoke there. I don't know, with this social distancing thing, will karaoke be banned forever? Hopefully not. I quite enjoy a sing song. Yeah, I was just watching one of my favourite Futurama episodes ever. Oh, which one? uh, uh, When uh, Zap does the karaoke, when they end up on the Amazon planet. Oh, is that Death by a Smooth Spoon? Yes. Oh, yes. That is a fucking good episode, that. That is fucking good. You just reminded me of that episode, Dave, so thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. I just got, I I just have a really, like, I just have a couple of really interesting, like, war stories. Speaking of war stories, from, like, um, long short of it, a few years ago, I used to go to this, like, karaoke bar in the city of london like normally we'd be, like i don't go out on a night out with work we'd have a few drinks and then um most of the most of my colleagues would bugger off home by like nine or ten and then this i remember this like old chinese restaurant that also happened to have like a bit of a karaoke bar thing in the front and i if i felt up for it i'd go there and uh, i just have these like flash memories of like drinking chinese beer that was like six quid a can <laughs> jesus <laughs> christ it was it was okay it was really good it was it, for, for I, I suppose for a night out it was good beer but you know as a bit more of an ale aficionado i don't imagine it was the best beer ever to be fair uh, but i just have like these weird like flash memories of for example um singing out completely out of key um like stuff <laughs> just uh, oh jesus uh, uh, actually going around the table lads what's your sort of go-to karaoke song uh for me it's park life by blur because it's simple and it kind of plays into my heritage um because i remember as well when i was i was in tenerife on a like, college holiday fucking awful holiday uh people were bitches that i was with right but but we're like um someone was, you know, like the mic on the bus wanted to fucking do karaoke, so I decided to step up and no one followed me to do it. So I was going to do it. So I taught everyone how to do park life. Um, so I just did that. You don't have to actually sing, do you? You only have to fucking talk, don't you? <laughs> nice. Uh, Adam, what about you? It would have to be uh, take, take Me On by Uh 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 uh-huh. That's a pretty. To be honest, that's a pretty tricky song to uh, to do on the karaoke because yeah, you know you get you have to go pretty high on that. Yeah, but the thing is, you, you, the chorus is the main bit. As long as you get the chorus, you can get the whole. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think I've tried I've tried that song before, and uh, yeah, you, you, you have to get pretty high on the high notes, and I I just can't do it. Either, either that or George Michael's Careless Whisper, which is um, oh, one, that's of, one of my favourite songs. I'm not gonna lie, I I did that once, and I and um, I, I, I <laughs> one of my best war stories actually 
at this karaoke bar. I managed to get through Careless Whisper without dying on my ass. And on the same night, a couple tried to pull me. <laughs> they wanted to, they, <laughs> It was like half past one in the morning. They wanted to threesome. I was like, uh, I literally just said, no, thanks. Um, I just made my excuses and buggered off because at that point in time, I was like, this is a brilliant night. And I was like, no, I didn't right. really want to spoil it with, uh, no, you know, something disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. Something I'm disappointing, yeah. mostly the blokes <laughs> floppy johnson in my face. <laughs> oh. oh christ speaking of floppy johnson's liam <laughs> hello what's your go-to karaoke song well i haven't done karaoke in a while but last time i i, I did karaoke was at my mum's like wedding reception and for some reason i thought i could do green days wake me up when september ends and i'm oh. like it but it, 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 it didn't feel right that's the problem it was like it's not like a happy song for a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, wake me up when oh, September ends. <laughs> this was in November when the wedding was, so that's great. Jeez, oh, you completely misread the room there. <laughs> I should have done, Nove- I, I should, I should done November rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I just, have you ever seen um, the episode of Benidorm where Donald just planned his death? And um, so, yeah. he's choosing songs for his funeral out the karaoke book in, in Neptunes, and he just goes, Ah, this song will do. The world, the drugs don't work. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> like, and because he's like, so he died of something, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> oh. oh, blimey. I think yeah. Liam's got the best one there, to be fair. Like, he completely, it's a, I mean, it's just a great prime example of how you can completely misread the room I'm just, <laughs> it's, I'm just, it's actually hilarious i'm just surprised like, you didn't go for i'm surprised Liam, you didn't go for like i'm horny you know that's some yeah that's something you're up to be fair yeah uh, uh, your mum's wedding to your stepdad you're not gonna be you're reading the room it's mostly family of both sides you're like yay um I've here's a song for my collection <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ. Um I mean sort of mention my sort of go to karaoke songs. Um oh Jesus. Because I have been to like I've i frequented this karaoke bar quite often and uh basically um I would just try a little bit of anything. So I'd go to like my go to songs, like I I managed to belt out just the way you are um quite well um at one point that became a go-to song for me um oh jesus i had i had a bit of a a moment when i think in the late 2010s when i was big into uh anyone familiar with uh elo electric light orchestra yeah yeah, yeah i was i sort of had a bit of a period where i was really into them and uh so I think Living Thing was uh, one that I used to uh, belt out occasionally. Last Train to London was another one. Um, they, they have a bunch of really like classic songs from like from them as well. Um, they used to, so they were quite uh, they were a bit of a staple as far as like s- sings for me. Um, Keller's Whispers a good one as Adam mentioned earlier. I used to belt that out without dying on my ass entirely. Um, 
I managed to completely do a stylistic song in the complete falsetto as well. Bear in mind, I was about six sheets to the wind, and I managed to do their song called Betcha by Golly Wow, which uh, I'll admit was probably a one-time event where it was like never going to happen again because my voice would probably be so fucked afterwards. <laughs> it was just like a, it was like catching lightning in a bottle as, as far as I was concerned. Well, I tell you a couple I've all mentioned before um, we move on. It's just come to me like uh, when it was my uncle Joe's wedding back in 2007, I was digging into the Thunderbirds. So I got to see the Thunderbirds song that Mustard did. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the other one, when I was in nursery, my mum kind of picked me up. This is what my mum tells me. I can't, I can't remember because I was young. But um, appa- apparently, I was out of one in tears because, like, about four years old, I was fucking blasting out sex bomb in the in the class. <laughs> Sitting in sex bomb, apparently. I had no idea where I fucking picked that up from. But, you know. I'm starting to do after lockdown then, you even. <laughs> What, me get we, a slot for your night on the fucking top of the building like the, like the Beatles? <laughs> uh, and a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four, sex bomb, sex bomb, you're my sex bomb. I think they should look at us go, what happened? Well, lockdown was really, really bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, look! Listen to us. <laughs> I've got a song. Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I I'd literally mute myself because I was just dying laughing. It's like... uh, yeah, let's just get into the uh, the news of the week. Oh, shit, I just realised. Because uh, I just literally realised there was... Um, uh, oh, Christ, that was it. Hungry Like the Wolf. That was a go-to song for me. Yeah, yeah, that one. I think I legit mentioned this to you. As, I, I I might even have mentioned this back in the day, like after um like because uh, obviously I think when Chris Wolf came over for the first time, I think that was definitely like a chant that was. Uh, I'm pretty that was, sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I think I, were, I, I, like, I, 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 do, I do remember. You and might know that. this actually. In all fairness. I'm pretty sure me and Gavin tried. I couldn't get it right. It's always a song I felt kind of disappointed. I never really got a go for her. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember it it, it, it. it was it was great. It was great on paper, but execution wise, it didn't quite work. But uh, you know, say la vie. Oh, and also before we move on to the next topic, anyone that doesn't do truly madly deeply at some point, yeah, retire oh, from karaoke yeah. forever. <laughs> we, we, do it every, we do it every, we do it every time but the the besties are rare aren't they oh yeah it's a, oh, 100%, it's, group, yeah. it's a group group it's a group karaoke everyone is behind the sound desk ready and fade down i'm one of them you just want to hear it in fight club in fucking fight club pro everyone on dark fruit I want to stay with you on a mountain. I do want to speak about that actually quickly because I've been watching some old Fight Club back recently because I've got yeah. a Fight Club on demand. I was watching back a few Star Wars shows and it, it just made me kind of pine for the Star Wars and just because that venue, I didn't realise how much of, like, it was a genuinely great atmosphere. It felt like there wasn't as much like talking like during the matches. Felt like people were concentrated in. I felt because people are not more packed in than they are at the hangar. Oh, the hangar's a good venue, 
but the atmosphere does die in its arse unless you've got, you know, unless it's like the traveling fans are in there for the big tournament weekenders or the big weekends as they do. Like, yeah, yeah. I kind of. I, mean, I was going to say, Ewan, that's a very good point because you and me went to um, Eighth Rule of Fight Club, which was the last Fight Club Pro show at Starworks in August 2018, yeah. and yeah, obviously, so I mean, I remember the atmosphere being incredibly good. Then again, they had what Tyler Mate versus Daisuke Sekimoto in the main event. So, I mean, so that was I a watch back the other day. I watched oh, it back the other day. Brilliant, brilliant. Two match. big strong boys being big and strong and boys. Sekimoto's fucking uh, just heelish he antics throughout the match is just brilliant as well. Hmm. Like, he really is playing like this power, this power hungry bastard. It's yeah. Lovely. Oh, it's so yeah. good. And like, I, I think I even mentioned like, because obviously the. Uh, they had had some interaction at uh, one of the Project London shows. Was it night three? It must have been night three, surely. Night. Yeah, the night, the night before. That was it, yeah. night three. And I, I think I remember telling you at the time, the homoeroticism between the two of them was blatant. But it was so cool oh, yeah. at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I mean, to, to make my point, Eighth Royal Fight Club, great atmosphere. Fast forward to um, Return the Sendai Part 2. What? 11 months later? That's the first time I've been to the hangar. And the atmosphere wasn't... It wasn't bad, but it was definitely different because it's a slightly... It's a much bigger building. I think you were in on a good night because you had people like the Ogdens were there and you had a few travelling fans who were doing Sendai UK the next day as well. So... Yeah, that may have been it. You probably got one of the better... I might have been lucky. You did get lucky, to be honest. That was the best Fight Club show of last year, outside mm. of the uh, outside of the Manchester DTI show, which is, I think that was probably the best. But if it's all in Wolverhampton Fight Club, that was definitely the one we went to. Return of Sendai was definitely my favourite I attended last year. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, okay. should we finally get into the, uh, the news? news? Yes. Shall we get to the news? Because yeah. there's a fair uh, bit of news, actually. Well, first bit of news on the agenda is uh, Alberto Del Rio has been arrested. Um, he's been accused, uh, I've got to say allegedly, so we don't get done for libel. Uh, allegedly, yeah, allegedly, um, uh, sexually assaulted a woman and then threatened to drop her kid in the road. Now, I'll say this, day on behalf of me and you and everybody on the podcast, I prepared a statement. Um, and it reads oh, like Jesus, this. I, did, I wasn't prepared for this. Prepared, and it reads like this. <coughs> Alberto de Rio is a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Uh, you're sincerely, you and Dave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's uh, about I'll but... give a uh, follow up statement. Um, yes. Um, in re- I, I will actually issue a follow up statement on behalf of any and all guests. Uh, of the Swapcast and uh, the entire Swapcast listeners, um, our quick capsule review of Alberto Del Rio, piece of shit. That is all. <laughs> he is absolutely. I mean, no, I mean, to be fair, I've not. I don't think I've seen him wrestle live, which is actually probably a good thing because is there anyone that's really been that overrated that has really just gotten that much of a push outside of him? 
I I saw him live back in 2014, I believe it was. It was him and Marty Stroll, the main event of FPW, and I was fucking cheering Marty. So I never, because I think when Del Rio first came in, there was Kyle's like, I was interested, but ultimately it just turned out to be a bit of an Hispanic JBL. Then I turned him face and, you know, just didn't really get it. It was always fun to play in the WWE games, don't get me wrong. Like, I thought it was always a fun character to play as. But his actual being really work was just very, I don't know, there's nothing to it. And he's always been bland. And obviously we knew it was a bit of a, it was a piece of shit. First of all, with the FPW main event and how much money he demanded from um, FPW. And it was just ridiculous. He wrestled that main event mostly in his T-shirt as well. So it means he fucking couldn't give a shit. Night okay gives more of a shit when he's got his fucking T-shirt on. You've got the whole the whole stuff that went on with Paige. And supposedly it really up Triple H turned him as a piece of shit. I mean, fair play, fair play to him there. And then, obviously this, he is an absolute prick. He's... Character stuff has never been good. And you know when Chris Lawson fucking throws a tirade at you on Twitter that you are fucked. Indeed, Chris Lawson, the most wholesome man in the universe. When he thinks you're a piece of shit, trust me, you're a piece of fucking shit. Probably, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That lad's never let us down when it comes to uh, his instincts. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just mentioned like all the various, uh, you know, things that uh, make Del Rio, quite frankly, a bit of an odious human being. And as mentioned, a shit wrestler as well. Um, Adam, Liam, any thoughts on mm-hmm. uh, on this? But just I so we can move on to more positive stuff, to be honest, because uh, I, compl- I completely forgot he existed. Oh wow! He, he, last I remember, <laughs> last I remember, he was doing something for for Impact or TNA or whatever it was called back in then, um, from days, and that was it. Completely forgot yeah, he wrestled. Been a reason why I stopped watching Impact for a while. Mm. That make that makes sense. No, I mean obviously Impact, you know, have been like the whipping boy of the uh, internet wrestling community for years and years and years for other <laughs> reasons, but. Yeah, at least with them, I kind of stuck with them a little bit because, you know, despite all the shite that they did sort of deliver, they did have some, like, shining moments. I mean, once, yeah, Del Rio got involved, yeah, that's when I was like, fuck this company, quite frankly. Well, it's yeah. like, I, I think, think I mean, to be honest, like my... an immediate anti-draw for me. Yeah. Well, all I can say is, like, the laughing thing is, like, one of my favourite wrestlers, CM Punk, actually knocked Daria off on his ass when he tried to cash in. When 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 Punk left the company with the, with the belt. Yeah. And Punk's no <laughs> saint either. Let's be honest with you. CM Punk, mm. you know, is a very marmite person and wrestler of and course. everything in between. But mm. yeah. But when I he's mean, when he's putting Daria like, on his ass. Okay, Punk's something. an asshole, but you know he just took out a bigger asshole there. Quite frankly. Oh yeah, but that's the thing, you know, with um, with punk. I mean, don't worry, he's one of my favourites ever, possibly my favourite ever. But you know, he can be prickish. Let's yeah. be honest with you. But compared to fucking Del Rio, makes him look makes him look like a fucking you know fucking Jerry Lynn or fucking Saint. You know <laughs> I mean? the, um, the the thing is with Del Rio, I was a I was a fan of his, his during his first run with WWE. 
But actually, when I met him in June 2015 at WrestleCon in London, I, I soon realised he wasn't actually interested in being there. He was actually more interested in getting drunk with Gangrel and Chavo Guerrero afterwards. Oh, Christ. <laughs> that, oh, blimey. Things like a kind of guy who's not interested in meeting the fans or people who actually want to support him. He's inter- always interested in, like, money fucking, you know, bookers and shit, isn't it? But that's, let's be honest... It was a wonderful gift went round the week though with uh, even one of his MMA fights and he got knocked in his fucking ass. It was lovely. Yeah. Oh Jesus, yeah, that brought me so much joy. Oh yeah, quite frankly, I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. There are very few people that I actually wish harm in the wrestling industry, but he, I can make an exception for Del Rio. Oh, That's yeah. a piece of shit. Shall we move on? Well, just quick, I'll quickly say if it was up to oh, me. Damn it. I was yeah, trying I to move wanna, on to more positive I just, stuff. I just want to quickly say, if it was up to me, I'd get Stan Hansen out of retirement and have Hansen just fucking start swimming. He doesn't register. I mean, the guy's practically blind, but I'd have him fucking go. For, I'd have him fucking go for it, like a closed-off room, and just Stan Hansen just throwing his arm around. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit more. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit more. Um, Diplomatic. I'd just get someone to show him a hammerlock with an actual hammer. Oh yeah, that as well. Uh, shall right. now seriously? Shall we move on, lads? Because yeah, uh, oh, there oh, are yeah. more positive things in the uh, wrestling universe going on. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, second bit of news: Seth Rollins puts another wrestler out on the shelf <laughs> as oh, uh, it. Becky Lynch is pregnant. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't watched um, Raw, but obviously that was the big thing that uh, blew up my timeline when I woke up uh, this morning, and we're recording this on Tuesday rather than Thursday, which is a bit strange. But uh, yeah, that was the first thing that really blew up my timeline this morning. Well, she's yeah. she's been, she's had such a great impact on the women's division and the whole company as a whole. That uh, you know, it was a, it was a sweet moment for her to have a moment in the um, have to, to actually put the spotlight on on her pregnancy. I mean, I think the only time that WWE puts a positive spin on pregnancy is Becky Lynch, because the last time they did an angle with a pregnant lady was Maria, where she won the 24-hour uh, 24-hour title. Oh, she fucking cucked Mike Kanellis, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you know about 10 years ago, if, you know, the women's champion out there, you'd have, have to send some bloke out to fucking degrade her. Like, you're supposed to be a champion, yet you got pregnant like some fucking slut. Like, that would be the fucking line, wouldn't it? It'd be awful. But I was ni- it was nice to see that Becky actually got, like, a proper moment. And I think they kind of treated it as a farewell in many ways. I mean, I'm not... I don't think Becky will retire. I think I could definitely see her having the baby and maybe like popping up, maybe not resting as much, but I definitely, I think if she went out like this, then I think people would be happy just because she has had such a dominant run over the last two years mm. and create the character in the man that people was able to get behind and she did genuinely make an impact on WWE and wrestling as a whole. So, um, yeah, it you know, Obviously, I'm a big Becky Lynch fan. I think we all are. Uh, just congratulations to her and Brigadier Lee. Congratulations to Seth Rollins <laughs> on the news. <laughs> and I'm very happy. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Adam makes a very good point as well there, as far as, like, uh, dealing with the... <laughs> what seems like the taboo subject of pregnancy in the WWE. Yeah, they're not exactly the most sensitive outfit when it comes to dealing with this, but they made a very big exception, I think, uh, in this case. Yeah. Uh, which was, uh, you know, credit where credit's due, in all fairness. Um, I mean, there was the obvious, there was the big moment, uh, actually, uh, which involved what can best be described as a genuine uh, reaction as well. Uh, I mean, we're talking about money in the bank, aren't we? Uh, do you, shall we mention any spoilers, or are we going to uh, talk about I, that? I want to talk about that main event. Yes. I mean, we need to talk about no, I was just saying, because um, it involves a spoiler for those who haven't watched Raw or Money in the Bank. Oh, you know, I'll just say, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler not, alert, lads. If you've not seen Money in the Bank or Raw, do not wish to want you know, spoilers and skip to about 10 or 15 minutes ahead. We'll put the time stamp in when we've stopped talking about it. Precisely. Well, yeah, we'll okay, that. so am I in the clear to, to, to mention this uh, feel, this moment, actually? Because I have seen is this everyone, moment, everyone, actually, on the video clip. Has everyone yeah. left the room? Yes. Hello. Right, so yes. obviously it's the moment um, with uh, Becky and Asuka. Yeah. And yep. Asuka's reaction is just the, one of the most wholesome things ever. I mean, I'm a big fan of Asuka as well, but that genuinely melted my heart to see that. Oh, yeah, that, that was a very sweet moment. And to, to, for Asuka to like almost kind of almost like break character, and like, like proper break out the English phrases was amazing to see as well. Oh, yeah, oh it was yeah. incredible. David Taylor was a real. I think that, that, was, that was also what was uh, quite sweet about it as well. It was a genuine reaction. It wasn't phony. It was just it was you know allowed to percolate. It was it was allowed to you know it was a moment that was allowed to actually exist within the wwe universe a genuine moment that was allowed to exist in the wwe universe rather than just something that was manufactured as it were by uh, the great and powerful vince mcmahon incredible oh, stuff I, you know such a breath of fresh air that to be fair oh yeah definitely and it was you could definitely tell there was a lot of respect between the two as well um and yeah it was a very nice a very nice moment between the two and yeah it dealt for once, WWE was I didn't feel cynical, and I think it was a nice moment for Becky to have. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's the funny thing that's come out come out that's come out of it today. Becky was actually she knew she was pregnant in April, so technically she wrestled Shayna Baszler pregnant. Well, that was. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually did read that, uh, Liam, because yeah, it's funny, I just had that uh, the flash memory of, um, I think Soraya Knight mentioned uh, in an interview that uh, she wrestled while carrying Paige. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, so that, I just had that flash moment, actually, back to that, in all fairness. Well, Becky, she, um, Masha's Shana was taped, you know, middle of March, so weren't it? Maybe middle to late March. Yeah. So she may have, she may or may not have been pregnant at that time. Yeah, yeah. Either way, is incredible. But to be fair, what a great, what, what, that, that's such, that's so just, just surreal. Your first ever match is in the womb. Oh, yeah, and it's, and it's already, <laughs> whether it's a boy or a girl, already one and oh, a mania. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> incredible 
All right, lads. Um, I mean, that, that was probably a feel good, great feel good moment in regards to Raw. Let's backtrack 24 hours to Money in the Bank, though. Oh, we have to. Um, oh, no. well, it's, in the, uh, it's in the wrestling zeitgeist, so I suppose yeah. we've got to sort of talk about it. I'm a bit yeah. reluctant to talk about it myself. Um, Let's talk Liam about the main event. watched it live, and I, I will say this. <laughs> Liam did the Lord's work. He legitimately... Like took a bullet for the whole of uh, this swap, you know, for, for everyone, you know, our listeners and everything like that. So uh, credit where credit is due, Liam. Um, mm-hmm. Just to tell us like the highlights and the lowlights of everything outside of the Money in the Bank ladder matches. So you got some high- highlights as in like the pre-show match. You've got Jeff Hardy and Cesaro, even though it seemed like it felt like they just picked out. To- two names that are just on the same brand but you could see why why you can see why as in cesaro has connections to sheamus jeff hardy's gonna take sheamus on sooner rather than later and it's like i i was thinking they did like cesaro and sheamus did that best of five series that mick foley told them about before they become tag team so who knows more about sheamus than cesaro so Jeff's just facing that, but I didn't actually say that on commentary. I'm thinking you missed the step. Low lights, low. That's the thing. There was supposed to be two matches in in the pre-show. We only got one. Right. Our truth versus MVP was actually on the main show. Oh god. But they managed to shoehorn MVP going. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not wrestling here. And subbed in Bobby Lashley to Bobby Lashley to give give our truth a good good gold kicking. That is genuinely um, something I don't know if I'd want to watch. I might watch oh, it, it just, just due to morbid curiosity. Our truth held his own now. That's the thing. You were thinking that Bobby Lashley would come in, give him a spear, he's done. But our truth just was put up with most most of the fight that Bobby Lashley gave him. Oh blimey! That sounds. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. That sounds a bit poor. What else was there? That was a fair bit. Bray, you know. Bray Wyatt, Bra- Braun Strowman. So Bray Wyatt didn't actually. That sounds like bring a dream match of a friend of the show, Dan Oakton. Oh yeah, he would have watched it. But it was Bray Wyatt, as in Firefly Funhouse Bray, not the Fiend. So it was a bit weird, but. I, I liked it because you got the puppets that got involved, and then Braun Strowman g- gave some. Um, you'd think Bray had all the psychological games, like tricks up his sleeve. Braun, Braun, Braun was one step ahead. He managed to go under the ring, put the black sheep's mask back on, and Bray was like, "Oh, welcome, come home, come home!" And all the puppets are like, "Oh, he's coming home!" Just for Braun to take it off, stamp on it, and then finish the match. Sorry, okay. I, I sorry, I can just imagine the England football theme playing there as he says it's coming home. Huskers the pig and rambling rabbit. Coming home, dude. Um, um, I'm just looking at the um, McIntyre Mac- the- Rollins was a good match. Yeah. Even there was a handshake at the end. I mean, the Monday Night Messiah was now 
shooking hands with a sexy Scottish man. <laughs> what, what what did you think of Rowling's uh, new theme, Liam? I was weird. It was like, oh, it's like, I mean, okay. I just wanted to come out with a fucking robe. It was just to suck it up to um, Mr. Um, Brody Lee over in AEW. I've got a robe too. Yeah, it, it, it was quite weird. It's just like, why change it? I mean, I understand that he's gone like full fledged on this gimmick, but Cause, like cause I was, is... I was waiting because you, you see the, the, the like the church harmony and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, oh, and I was waiting for the draft to go burn it. No, oh, that's not happening. No, but <laughs> that that's his iconic theme. I mean, you can't think yeah. of Seth Rollins without that theme. So to give him another theme is like weird. Oh, he's come out and going, Who's this? is this someone else's now? Mm. That sort of reminds me a little bit, because uh, does anyone remi- remember back in like 2001 when they had, um, like firstly they had Austin come out to um, that Disturbed theme, I think it was, and then um, when he joined the Alliance during the Invasion angle, they had this sort of generic, almost WCW-esque theme for it. I, lo- I, love, that I yeah. love that theme. I love that theme. The thing is, though, for those who are familiar with, obviously, the glass shatters, then, like, his iconic theme from, like, you know, for years, it was... I re- See, I remember this. I was, like, 16 when the Invasion Angle happened, and I remember it being very jarring at the time. But, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, looking back on it, it was, you know... You know, a very underrated theme, to be fair. I mean, it was meant to reflect the, the change of his character. I mean, obviously... He's 100%, yeah. Fully-fledged heel, but he was also paranoid. I mean, that's a, that's the whole name of the song, yeah. Paranoid. And, you know, it was just like, that was meant to be his mindset. Exactly, yeah. That's the whole, that was the whole uh, um, reason behind it, in all fairness. Uh, and so, uh, I enjoyed... Smackdown tag team title match. Yes. It was. was yeah, it the the corners, uh, four four way matchup, didn't you? Yeah. That that was that elevated like Lucha House Party to enjoy everything. And even um Lince Dorado had had his mask on, but he had his hair out. So it was just like a massive mo- massive mop behind his behind the mask itself. And I went, hmm. has he just forgotten to do his hair? <laughs> if this uh, uh, Grandmaster Leak had a lovely tribute to Juice and Thunder like it, didn't he? Oh, that's he it, did. Grandmaster Leak. That's it. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think that whole look was meant to be a tribute. I mean, yeah, because I was looking at well, I had to because where it's so late in the night, you look look quick. I looked twice and thought I, I actually thought it was Fun Liger in the ring. I went, no, no, oh, sorry. <laughs> Well, they they, they they called him uh, Juventud Guerrero on on uh, on commentary. <laughs> I mean, oh, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I've got one question to ask in regards to that tag title match. Are the Forgotten mm. Sons still uh, forgotten? No. <laughs> yeah, forgotten I'll be honest with you, it's not just been a bit just jarring at the fact that they're like they were pretty much nothing in NXT, and now they're kind of sort of on a you know, they're a thing now yeah, in this they, uh, they, they lockdown was, era. I'd, I would have lo- loved to see Forgotten Sons versus Young Spirit era. Really? Uh, I'd rather not. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Forgotten Sons is like, you've got your Ryko and you've got your one one half of 
TM69 or 61. I mean, I'll be honest with you. With um, Jackson Riker, I am surprised that Vince doesn't have like a massive raging erection in regards to that guy. I mean, he's always been put together. But the other two, Cutler and Blake, they're just super generic mm. in comparison to like the rest of the... Like back in the... Oh, yeah. You know, back Blake used to be They were super generic as far as the rest of the tag division were. And uh, I'm just amazed that uh, they've gotten this opportunity now, in all fairness. But uh, I suppose... In this era, it's all hands on deck. Uh, well, I think Riker's going to do Riker's going to do more than he ever did in TNA. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, Christ, yeah. Um, he he was quite forgettable in in uh, in TNA. In all fairness, well, I'm an army person. Uh, I think it's like right, so outside of the Money in the Bank matches, there's only one match to talk about, and uh, oh, I'm, no. I'll be honest, I'm kind of glad of the result, but. Uh, why? Just why did this match happen? Um, you know the match I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, okay, so I'll, I'll mention it. So it was Bailey versus Tamina for the SmackDown Women's Championship. <laughs> um. To be honest with you, <laughs> um, WWE have done absolutely everything in their power to make Bailey manageable for me, and they've almost succeeded. But because I know it's basically a ruse on their part to make her an anti-draw in my eyes, I've kind of still stuck with her. But putting her up against Tamina, who's just like this perennial nothing in the WWE, why? It, it, I mean, that's they—they they, they, they that, even—they I mean, were even trying to get Tamina any popularity just by on the the bump, like the, the morning before before the pay-per-view. Or the afternoon, it was like, oh, here's Tamina a promo. I'm like, yeah, you're still not sticking, love. <laughs> yeah. And you know, at, at the end of the day, I mean, it's just like I said, they're just doing any everything and anything that they can to uh, just. I, I mean, they, they, I mean, it's just a. I think Bailey's sort of the main, the, the main sort of uh, symptom of like a bigger thing in the WWE. They're just trying to make my favourite sort of shit houses and. Uh, you know, trying to make them big turnoffs for me uh, in the in the wholesome sense, of course. But uh, yeah, I don't I imagine mean, that match would have been any good. Um, I mean, for me, for me, I think they they're showing their weaknesses and they can't focus on all the titles properly at once. They have no, to no, focus no. on one one or the other. Uh, obviously, I think, money I think in the bank. Fair. There were more. I think, Adam, in all fairness, I I would prefer it if they actually had some reasoning behind a title match rather than just having one for the sake of having one. For I mean, it's become it's probably become more prevalent in this era where they're just putting on matches just for the sake of the you know and just to pad out the guards and stuff like that. It just I mean, it's not great to have that kind of cynical uh, mindset in regards to it, but. Uh, yeah, sadly that seems to be the case. Um, well, was that match before the main event? The uh, Bailey to me the match that was before the um, Braun Bray match. Ah, oh, okay. okay. But, so um, it, was, it was just simple filler then. Yeah, as as it, it as I mentioned, they made it. They made it work. They're trying to make it as in like the big, big, scary Tamina. It's like, and somehow Bailey just. Got got in the skin of her teeth. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think, I, and I've mentioned this off air as well. 
Like, I think Bailey's just ridiculously miscast as, like, this uh, manipulative heel. And it's, it's clear what they're doing with, like, the dynamic between her and Sasha as well. It just doesn't work for me. I mean, they, you know, if the roles were reversed, I would have understood, quite frankly. Uh, but, yeah, it just doesn't click with me whatsoever. It's a big uh, miss for Ira on the part of the Fed, to be fair. Um, right, so... Talk, so let's talk about the dual Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, oh. So this was shot at WWE HQ in Stamford, Connecticut. Um, Liam, mm-hmm. how did this turn out in the end? Now, I liked it because I'm all, all about tomfoolery, cameos, absolute batshit bat crazy bollocks and stuff like that. <laughs> Well, um, it's not everyone's cup of tea. To actually start the matches at the same time, but they weren't both at the same floor of the of the venue. So the women's match started at the in the lobby, and the men's match started in the gym. <laughs> No, I can understand why. See, oh, the yeah. thing is, I think from the get-go, this whole climb in the corporate ladder thing was going to be very much a Marmite uh, match, in all fairness. I know, obviously, your case, Liam, you enjoyed it because of all the shenanigans of all the... Um, I think just the... <laughs> I think to, to put it sort of mildly, just the unnecessary horseshit that uh, yeah. was intrinsic in the, the content of the match... And then obviously no, me pissing piss, piss laughing at fucking half past one in the morning. Yeah. And then oh, you have right. the fl- <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, of course. And then and then you have the flip side of it. Um, I mean, uh, if you've heard the uh, Grapple podcast, uh, I mean, they were very critical of it. They gave it like a, I think this match got like a 0.25 like from them in general or something like that. You and might know because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm terrible. I mean, I only heard it this afternoon. No fairness, and I'm I'm terrible at recalling that kind of information that quickly. Yeah, um, it was funny. It was uh, Joe gave it 0.25. That's right. Yes. Me and JP were in agreement. We both went one star with it. Um, that's what I give them as soon as I saw it. I'll be honest with you, lads. This was fucking awful to watch. It was hardly. It wasn't very funny. It wasn't as sort of memorable as the uh, Boneyard match, which I actually thought was really fun, and it felt like they had the right build behind this. It just felt like it felt the Big Bang Theory writers just wrote wrote this match and produced it and everything because it was just a lot of unnecessary cameos that didn't make a lot of sense. See, a brother love turn up as fucking Roy Chubby Brown. Um, <laughs> You know, John the question Lyon, is, like, who's uh, more racist? Oh, oh, Christ. That's like <laughs> fucking on. Don't try and answer that. Your head might explode. I mean, I mean, I think during this match, you, you really but, had to suspend your disbelief. Yeah, I, I don't even live. Adam, sorry. It's, it's suspending your disbelief, and it's just like kind of insulting your intelligence like for me it's, you, it's like you you know, in the the big, it's like the, in the big bang theory when 
they have a reference or a cameo or something. It's just done as because, oh, we do know that thing. It's like, yeah, we know that, but a cameo needs to mean something. In like, you know, in, for example, in Coming to America, when Eddie Murphy gives the money to them two bums, and he, and then we find out they're the um, the two rich guys from trading places, and it is quite, it's really funny, and it also shows, oh, those two movies are connected then in some way, and that's funny. But with this, it just felt like a load of unnecessary uh, bollocks. They just had this really unfunny comedy and stuff I just really didn't enjoy about it. I mean, as well, just like the perception of men and women, like the men started off in the gym, all surrounded each other in a hurt, in like a circle, ready to go at it. The women, they had to fucking stand there outside a lift. They're all dressing like, you know, low, especially in Carmelo's case, like a low cut outfit. And it just felt very sexist and then you have Vincent Martin up in his fucking jeans looking like an old Jeremy Clarkson type he just looked <laughs> fucking withered he looked fucking withered the old fella and I just I really didn't enjoy it so I barely only lost I gave it one star purely because the only things I got mild amusement out of was Bruce Pritchard as brother love as Roy Tommy Brown and, and just like I think mean, like Daniel Bryan taking the piss was kind of funny but I don't know, I just, I really didn't enjoy it at all. I just didn't, don't see the appeal, and I've just seen a lot more funnier cinematic wrestling rather than this. I just, yeah, really didn't enjoy it. It wasn't my kind of thing. Oh, I am hope, I am hoping there's some, like, not repercussions, but to go with a storyline that bloody Baron Corbin threw, threw the weight and it smashed the mirror, and you know he's going to have, like, seven years bad luck. That would totally be hilarious. Even, Liam, to be honest, I don't even think that's the least of his worries. That fucking shit cunt murdered two people. <laughs> What's an absolute trick? <laughs> I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Poor Rey Mysterio but, and Alistair Black. But what did Poor he do? Him, he, he killed off two of the other brand's he's a, superstars. He's literally twice as worse as Benoit. Huh. Uh, <laughs> too soon, Dave. Too soon. Yeah, that's, I was but waiting that, for that response, actually, in all fairness. But no, in well, all Cor- seriousness. Well, Corbin's, get, Corbin's getting his just desserts, though. On Raw, on Raw <laughs> Drew McIntyre called him out. So it was like, he's next literally, week. He's literally a shit version of Scar from The Lion King. It was like, oh, see you later. Whee! See you later. Also, on the side note, does it show that I'm not a big fan of Baron Corbin whatsoever? Uh, <laughs> I think he's second only to Del Rio as far as like anti-draw piece of shit wrestlers to me. The fact that he had, he threw, threw over two of the two of the two of the stars in that match I've actually met. I think most egregious of all was the fact that he tried to have a go with Asuka as well. That, yeah, I don't understand that. When I was stopped, I was like, "What are you doing?" But then she just—I think she got. She, it wasn't like he was trying to stop it. He was running out there going, "We stop you there." It's like what? And it's like she she just looked like he was going after her briefcase. I went, no, he's going after his own. <laughs> she kicked the oh, shit still, out of he, him. Still, he's a prick. <laughs> he would have taken both both, both of those briefcases. Fuck Baron Corbin, dre- the cocky writer. He would have dressed up as well. I really want to know who cereal when Stuart Piston. He, he was <laughs> uh, so he oh, was Jesus, so yeah. poorly in that match. Part of me was thinking, you know, what hands, you know, what 
you know, it was clear he pissed in Vince's hand sanitizer or something like that. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, but it's a funny thing. I mean, it's like how much how much stuff that Ray's done. He's like he did a promo going, or oh, the risk has been a reward. It's a dangerous match. And like, well, okay, you're going to get squashed between Otis and Nia Jax. You're going to get choked out by Baszler. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to get thrown off And you're going to get thrown off But the here's your <laughs> But here's your, here's your positive. You're going to meet Brother Love in the toilet. Wow. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, legitimately, I am thinking who, you know, which, whose Weetabix did Mysterio shit in inadvertently? A bona fide got, legend of wrestling just gets absolutely, like, I mean, I <laughs> don't want to use the B word, but yeah, that comes pretty damn close. He got really, he got some bad offense at the start. Him and Alistair Black were doing well to use the gym equipment. <laughs> and that was it. Bang. After that, well done, Ray. Now here's the list of stuff he's gonna do. Jesus. I found it funny. like an absolute clusterfuck in I found it funny that AJ Styles was trapped by weights in the in the gym. Otis just dropped in the weights, and it's like, yeah. The fact that I think it, the karma happened to Ray when Ray didn't help AJ and went, yeah, I won't lift lift that lift that weight off you, mate, and we walked off. <laughs> oh yeah, this is AJ, the same person who shat himself at a, like looking at a picture of the Undertaker as well. To be fair, that's, that's pretty decent. Con- that's that's pretty decent continuity in all fairness. He just but, turns around, he's like, oh shit, the Undertaker. Um, flashback yeah. to Boneyard. Whatever way you slice it, it was either the, the most hilarious, like shenanigan-filled thing ever, or just complete and utter horseshit. I think it was actually. It seems like a very Marmite match. It was, I've said it before. It was, I'll say it again. It was pissing. It was pissing on the fat on the fat the conflicts of the fans that actually wanted a proper decent money in the back match. I mean. What, uh, what, to be honest, the whole concept climbing the corporate ladder, you were not going to get your standard money in the bank ladder match. <laughs> no. I mean, you, you, well, you you know, any, any predisposition that you were going to have a proper money in the bank ladder match could be kicked completely off the top, fucking top of uh, Titan Tower there. Jesus wow. Christ. But, um, lads, um, I mean, so obviously you had Otis win the um, men's <laughs> portion and Asuka win the women's portion. Oh, yeah. I have got to say about Otis quickly. I agree with what the grandpa was saying. He does walk like he shit himself. I just don't think the appeal would Like, to be the common man. He just, for me, he hasn't got that intangible quality of how everyone wants to like it. He just seems. It seems a bit too American, almost in many ways. It's just someone I very much don't appeal to. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, in, when I was young, I I was always a Bret Hart fan because, to me, he seemed like a, like a normal bloke. And I think that's kind of how you, you know, I get associated with him. Same as, like, Briddle, because he was very chilled and laid back. You kind of you liked him because of that. With Otis, he doesn't have that everyday man quality about him. And the way he won it was just made him look a fucking idiot. Oh, uh, I, I hated that I finish. I hated that finish so much. Well, you, can it, it, you can see it over the years. You can see it over the years as well. 
the fact, you know, how many fucking wrestlers have, you know, put their fucking bodies on the line, you know, and thrown themselves off things to finally get that. And I was just fucking caught it after AJ Styles just, you know, slipped out of his fucking hands. And it's like, oh, it's fucking awful. I mean, and I you know, it's, you know, it's, it's like the finish of the um, tag title match between Mor- um, Morrison, Kofi, and oh, one of the Usos. Yeah, but then so it's like he falls off and he grabbed the belts. It's like, oh, I've got he's got, last person to hold him and bring him down. It's like, okay. And the, the money in the bank thing is the last person to hold it. It's like, I got it. Where Oscar just sat there and held, held it. Nelly, I was pissing myself laughing when that fucking thing happened. I laughed so fucking hard. Yeah. But yeah. But um. But yeah, I don't know. With this, I just really hated it. I thought Asuka was a good winner. I think Asuka's, you know, talented. Oh, she and, deserved and, it. To be fair, she yeah. was my only choice to win it. I know a lot of people were. Uh, were, you know, a lot of people just jumped on the Shayna Baszler bandwagon because, you know, they've actually decided, oh, oh, we've finally figured her out. You know, she's a killer. And that's, you know, that's exactly how you're meant to book someone like her. And I mentioned this before. Imagine it was was her throwing someone up. Would be a, I, I think, because obviously there's more than like two people in there, you know, there's more than just Shayna and her opponent. You know, there's, four other women to deal with, you know, you can kind of, you know, have a, a easy out for her, as it were. You know, she didn't win, but she didn't necessarily look piss weak either. I mean, to be fair, she did put Mysterio in the Kirafula clutch as well, which, uh, <laughs> as mentioned, was actually, you know, you do have to wonder exactly whose Weetabix did Ray shit in, but we've talked about that before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking at the... the, the um, Looking at the uh, the lineup, I mean, on the women's side of things, Oscar was my first and only choice really to win. On the men's side of things, I don't know. Otis seemed like the outside bet from the start, but even then, I couldn't say anyone but Otis because, I mean, you could have an argument for in you know, I mean, if you wanted to sort of delineate it and you know analyze it and shit like that. All, you know, all of them could have, in theory, won the men's land, you know, money in the bank. But, yeah, Otis was probably the one which I would, well, I think seems least plausible, if that makes sense. I've, I think he will lose the case. I think he will lose the case. I don't think he'll cash in the case at all. I, think, I, think I wouldn't be too surprised, in all fairness. I think Money in the Bank was, and you, uh, like in the week right, going up to this event, we heard a lot about the f- fuck it Vince mood. You mm. know, this this kind of felt like a Vince's fuck it, I'll do whatever I want moves. Well, <laughs> then again, Adam, we're talking about Vince McMahon, who, yeah, as you mentioned, does change his mind the same way that uh, you know people change their underwear and stuff like that, like on a you know regular basis. Um, I'm amazed, actually, that Vince didn't go with Corbin, to be fair, because of, like, the massive raging erection he has for him, clearly. Yeah, but you I think what tell, it was... You can tell that Corbin is a Vince, is a Vince McMahon guy. There might have been a, a thing between, like, Corbin, right, you can either do one or two things, win money in the bank... Or murder Ray Mysterio. <laughs> or, or murder... T- or throw pit two people off the, off, the, off the roof. It might have just been one person and, and Corbin went... And, and then got carried tell. away because <laughs> because <laughs> it, because the, 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, he he's yeah, he, already he, 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 he murdered Ray. That was part of it. But he murdered Alice the uh, Black because he got a tap on guys. the shoulder. Went, oh sorry, mate. See ya. Alice tapped him on the back. Went, see ya. If he threw Alistair off the roof, just going, go back to Rinnevala. And Alistair was like, I didn't work for Rinnevala, you shit cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck her off. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, yeah, from the sound of it, it, it does sound like a very weird pay-per-view, but I, I think we're going to expect that in this um, lockdown era, I suppose. Um, at, least we, at least we got Paul Heyman without Brock Lesnar, so that's all right. Oh, Jesus. Like, They're normally attached at the dick, aren't they? Yeah, I think Heyman was left at catering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this match was that bad. I thought I'd rather watch Kennel from Hell again. <laughs> that was to be fair, I would take. Yeah. Wait, was that Kennel from Hell? Because I just sort of uh, couldn't hear you there, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, Kennel from Hell. I'd rather watch. Oh, the Christ! From Hell. And that was shit. But there's a bit of. There's a it bit was of literal. Sh- I mean, okay, I'll be honest with you. I think a lot of people would uh, take dogs humping and shitting in the confines of Hell in a Cell than have Nia Jax actually wrestle at all. Oh, God. See, it's fucking shit. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to... Uh, I mean, to be fair, we, you know, I don't really want to spend too many, you know, words and sentences on her, but God. She's got to be a candidate for most regressed wrestler of 2020 by Country Mile. When did she ever regress in the first place? Do you think her, knee, she, her, think her she, knees I mean, had, the, had the best part? And they're taking away from her. That's a very good question. But, uh, lads, shall we move on from... Uh, that was uh, quite a meaty topic, actually. Money in the bank. Surprisingly meaty. There was a lot of meat on the dinner, dinner, dinner table that night. <laughs> Me. Right, so you, Anne, um, do you want to talk about what we're going to talk about next? Yeah, um, so, when we're doing our Discuss Larry episode, which will be out, uh, not this week, but two weeks, the week after, so it'll be out soon. I was yesterday after we stopped recording about doing a Grats Meets edition to start talking about our favourite Tyson uh, Meeting wrestlers and stuff like that. Like, really, we wanted to do it. Obviously, a few things happened last few weeks, so uh, we finally got um, tonight to talk about it. So, basically, what we're going to do now... I was about to say, you, are you, are you uh, SpongeBob SquarePants? Because you sound like you live in a pineapple under the sea. <laughs> no, no I mean, I'm just like walking around a little bit, just going to get the leg. He's, he's, co- he's, he's cooking, but not meth. <laughs> oh Christ! Uh, so, so, lads, yeah, the, the 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 gist of it obviously is uh, uh, the topic is grabs meets. Um, so, as you mentioned, you and you yourself and Adam had this conversation, and uh, this is kind of like the, uh, I suppose, just the uh, soft introduction to it, as it were. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, I'm pretty sure that he is living in a pineapple under the sea, lad. 
He's got where's yeah. his Gary? <laughs> okay, so um, so Adam, uh, you've come up with this uh, concept as far as uh, Graps Meet is concerned. So uh, was there? A, so obviously you t- you discussed it with with Yuan when you were recording or discussed Laria. Um, so I, I suppose the first question I have was, I mean, what? So what makes a good Graps Meet for you? What makes a good meeting with a wrestler? I don't know. Uh, for me, it's getting that feeling of meeting a larger-than-life uh, star, or wrestler in this case. Now, gr- growing up, we watched so many wrestlers on television, and I remember my first meeting greet was with uh, Mick Foley back in 2007. Oh, nice. And it was actually when he was promoting his uh, second book, Hardcore Diaries. Oh, yeah. And it, I remember it was actually on a school day. And I actually skipped school in the afternoon to go and meet Mick Foley. Oh, nice. So, kids, don't skip school, whatever you do. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so, book, I mean, that's a good top, like, good starter for 10, as it were, as far as, like... Um... Uh, I think what we'll do is, um, so we'll talk about like maybe a couple of grabs meets each around the table. Um, so Adam, you started, so that you shall continue. So talk about your grabs meets with Mick Foley, um, and uh, you know, just sort of give give us sort of like an insight into that t- particular day. So it it was in June. I remember it was in June. It was uh, during the summertime. The venue was actually Borders in the West End. So, you know, how, how Borders is long gone, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, I just I just remember getting to Borders. And I remember basically queuing up for two hours. And there was literally only 20 people in the crowd. And um, I thought to myself, how can this be? This is from Mick Foley. He is a, a mega superstar. He is one of the best hardcore wrestlers there is. This can't be possible. So Well, as they say, Foley is God. Foley's God, yeah, and I just I just remember as soon as he came out, I, I've never seen such a big man in my life. <laughs> and uh, I I just remember as soon as I saw him, I just kept getting more and more excited. Not, not in a weird way, but I, you know, I had these like weird butterflies in my stomach. And as as I was getting closer and closer towards him, I felt like I was about to piss myself. Oh wow! Um, so, from the sound of it, it sounds quite emotional. Is, just even before you've even met him. Yeah, and uh, it was it was fantastic. I mean, I was only 15 years old, but I can happily say, you know. That was one of my best memories as a teenager, actually meeting Mick Foley. Um, and I remember when I got up to him and I literally shook his hand, the only words that came out of my mouth was, I skipped school to see you, Mick. And he just looked, he just looked at the security guard behind him and he looked, at, he looked back at me and he says, was it worth it? And I said, yes, it was worth it. And that was it. That was, that was what twenty seconds. 
he signed he signed my book and that was it. It was the best twenty seconds of my life as a teenager. Oh wow. <laughs> Well, that, that's that's a pretty impressive. That's a pretty incredible graps meet, actually. Come to think of it. Well, it, it was the first graps meet I can I can remember having, and I just I just remember how how much emotion I had, and you know how excited I got, and you know, I got to meet one of my heroes, and you know it was an, an amazing feeling, and you know that's what we we want as wrestling fans is to meet our heroes, and um. From then on, I always looked forward to meeting other um, wrestlers. I remember meeting Kurt Angle in in also Piccadilly Circus a couple of years. Oh, okay. Afterwards. So um, before, so uh, I was about to say, um, I think one thing there that sort of sums up that first grabs meet, you know, is emotion, but also passion as well. The fact that you would go out your way to skip school as well to meet. Mick Foley as well. Um, that tells you something about the passion that you had back, even back then, you know, as a youngster, um, to want to meet your heroes, and and that's something which you know, looking <laughs> looking at you today, that's certainly something that's I think that's never waned from the sound of no, it. No, so, no. Um, I so mean, yeah. So you were just about to mention another graps meet actually. So this one would be with Kurt Angle. Yes, with Kurt Angle, I, that was the actual first time I got to hold a world title, and that was such a great feeling. And I, I remember at the time as well, I was uh, doing a, a few uh, wrestling articles at the time, and I remember I actually got Kurt Angle to sign one of my wrestling articles, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, oh, that's pretty I, cool, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a nice feeling to meet Kurt Angle. I mean, I literally saw a woman cry in front of me, so it kind of sucked away my emotions. Uh, when she <laughs> uh, met when him. about was this one? Uh, I think it was remember? a year after Mick. So it, oh, 2008? He... Yes, 2008, I believe. Yes. Okay. I right. mean, I, I, have an, I have another two... I have another three stories that I would like to share. With yeah, other sure. Um, yeah, we got. Yeah, we, we can uh, share those. Uh, should we say? Should we move on? Because we want to make sure these are important. These are all special. So I'm thinking, should we throw to Liam next, and then yeah. we'll come back around? We'll do a clockwork. Yeah, I, don't, clockwork. I was going to say you, and I don't mind doing that. Yeah, I, know, I know Adam was more than ready to just sort of um, share all these stories, and to be honest, I was kind yeah. of engrossed in them. Oh yeah, <laughs> they are fantastic. I want to deny yeah. that. I just want to, uh, I want to make sure we don't blow a load at once. Kind oh of no, of course. <laughs> well, he was he was talking about uh, me. I mean, if there's something the that we're yeah. known for, it's premature ejaculation, um, Yuan. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we can switch over to Liam. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, Adam, keep those on the back burner for a minute. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, talk about those later on. Uh, Liam, mm-hmm. uh, I su- so have you got so what sort of a great graps meet? Actually, I'll I'll ask the first question. Uh, what mm. makes a good graps meet to you? Like as far as oh well, you meet meeting someone that's taking the time and effort to hone this skill of theirs that they decide to master, like over their bedroom or their backyard or just 
just to take up some sort of hobby and got good at it, and they take their time out to just to, uh, to talk to the little man, as it were, the small man, as in like as in like the people that's t- taking their their time and their time to go. Yeah, I like you. I'm gonna applaud that, mate. So I think it's just the the balance between yes, they're a customer. They come in to say hello and whatever, and they've been paying my wages, but also they're a they're a person themselves that enjoy something that I I'm I'm take, taking part as a hobby or just just got good at. And it's just like having the 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 leeway between the two is like customer service and actual talking as in like yeah I I enjoy wrestling that's why I got into it. You've just seen me do what I do, and I'd love to hear some feedback. That's what I've been having with some wrestle meets and stuff. Well, that's an interesting way to put it, I suppose. Um, so Adam mentioned his first ever grabs meet. Can you mm. remember yours? Now, I've got a yeah first grabs meet, as in this this phrase that come about that we we now throw at around like hashtag graps meets and stuff like that mine was like my first wrestling show seeing like, seeing wrestling back in like where i first met like yourself dave like it was like 2010 2010 slash yeah 2010 uh, probably yeah, October-ish. It would have been like, like late 2010 early 2011 or something like that because find it out there was um, because we, we both met at um, the MCM Expo at uh, the Excel Center, because uh, they yeah. would have FWA on there. Which I only found out because I've been going to the Expo with my mate um, Anthony, and we were like into Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, comics and stuff like that. And I went, what's over there in the corner? And he was like, oh, I don't know. He's like, oh, right, right, I'll, I'll just go walk around. There's, there's me finding out the rest of them. I'm like, yep, cool. Fast forward to the next year, I'll go to Expo. I I don't think I I left the actual um, arena, as in where the, where the wrestling was taking place. I was like, yeah, yeah, there's other things. Yeah, cool, right? Wrestling. <laughs> and just during, during, during the just during the breaks, go and play a video game or not, and then come back for the wrestling because they're giving you time slots when they were starting. That's right. Yeah, because I think they would have like maybe one match per hour or something like that. I think they're, they're having like like two matches like. Two, yeah, two one or, or two matches or something like that. Two or three like that, matches, just to, like a little show, as it were, which I think yeah, we find out now right. is what they do on the camps. But yeah, my first grats meet was with uh, Leroy Kincaid. Oh, interesting. As in, like, just okay. I knew about I knew about the John Cena character back in, in in America doing the rap and stuff like that, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, this is a British British bloke. He's doing that. that He's getting into the R&B and grime scene. I'm like, or the R&B, whatever it was. I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, he's he's got charisma and he's he's a he's not like John Cena, but he's he's the British version of a, of a American rapper. I'm like, oh, this guy's cool. <laughs> it's like, right, I'm gonna meet. Yeah. I'm gonna just like get a picture of him. So, so. all right. So tell tell me how you met, like how you met him and uh, what your experience was. Uh, so it's just like. 
trying to picture it because this was about what 10 years ago now yeah i mean if you if it's a bit hazy then uh... oh no it's just uh, trying to meet if it's like when you see the wrestler and he's hanging around at the end he's like all right all right mate uh, yeah oh i really enjoyed that he's like all right yeah can we get a picture and i was like my mate took, took the picture and it's just me just yeah. like looking like excited elated that i'm actually meeting one of the people i've just seen do the stuff in the ring i'm like this is cool and it's just like this feeling of like i know of the american stuff but what's this what's the fwa what's this british stuff oh there's who's this bloke and getting to know everyone and then figuring figuring out like so like, oh this is this, this, this old british scene that's going around i'm like okay i'm, I'm getting into this and it's just finding out it's history well yeah i'm still i'm still friends with leroy on on facebook now even though he's walked away from the wrestling scene and it's just like still friends finished wrestling around to uh, mid 2012 i want to say um but like he's big into like his acting and um like a lot of other projects that he's um done over the um over the years oh yeah all right um that's a good one to start actually as far as you're concerned actually because mm. because um, then I met you properly like in 2011. It was like this is where I, we we started our friendship, and it was like okay, this is Jeff WA. That's Johnny Storm. That's Rockstar Spud. That's RJ Singh. Just like the pillars of British wrestling. That's amazing. <laughs> definitely, definitely back in that era, yeah. But yeah, lads, you can see that uh, yeah, nine odd years on, that Liam is still a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh yeah. I say that out of a position of love. Um, Yuan. Yes. Hello. You, let's uh, go with you, uh, as far as this is concerned. I quite like how this is uh, this is shaping up, actually. In all fairness. All right. So th- I think the first question should go to you as well, and I'll answer it as well when I mention mine. Um, what makes a good graps meet for you? Like, a fair good graps meet. First of all, is the actual picture itself, and I think if a picture can, I think if you're happy the way you look in a picture and the way the pictures come out, I think first of all for me. But I think the actual, oh yeah yeah. No no, I, I think what I meant was um like broadly speaking. Or are you getting to that? Yeah, I'm getting to that. That was the first. Of course. Point. No, okay. <laughs> We're walking into that. I'm just getting the coat off first. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the actual grass I think it goes within that level of friendliness between you and the wrestler. If, if it's an actual, like, someone, you a legend you want to meet and they're very friendly to you, I think that's first of all. And I think the other thing as well, if, if it kind of crosses the boundary in many ways, where you, you're chatting with a wrestler and it's like chatting with an old friend, I think that's a, a big one for me as well, because there are a lot of wrestlers I know now who like know or we kind of know each other personally. We'll just catch up on how we are instead of talking wrestling. So I think that's cool. I think it's the actual kind of personality side, and if they're actually engaged, interested in a conversation with you, I think that's kind of interesting. Because much like Adam's story earlier about Alberto Rio, I've had that in the past where a few wrestlers are literally there just for money. They're not interested in what knowing what the fans like or anything, and it's kind of horrible. Um, yeah, I think what we'll do is we'll try and keep it light and keep it positive as far as this section is concerned. So yeah, I won't ask yeah, you anything in regards to worst graps, mates, at all. 
Oh no, I'm just saying Dave, to give an example, like it can be that way, but I think for yeah, me, yeah. good grappling. I mean, I've, I mean, like, I've met hundreds of wrestlers, and uh, I'm sure I've had a couple of really bad ones in the time oh, yeah. that I've been a fan. But uh, you know, it comes yeah, with the territory. I say, I think when it's the actual personality side of that, and I think it's just the whole thing. If you meet someone new, you kind of just get on with them because maybe you've got similar personalities, or maybe they can make you laugh. You're making them laugh, and that kind of a thing. It's just. It's almost like it almost is like just building up a a repertoire with that wrestler. I think that's the what contributes to a great match mate. Yeah, I think that's a that's pretty important as well. Striking a rapport with the wrestler, um, that's uh, pretty crucial. In all fairness, um, I think that goes without saying. Um, so I think I'll I'll ask the same question in regards to you. Do you remember what your so what was your experience in regards to your first grabs mate? So I'm pretty sure, so I've done shows in like a All-Star, um, and I always say I always used to offer the um, the packages so you can meet the wrestlers, but I was always too nervous. Uh, 2012 was like first time properly seeing indie wrestling, so I'd probably met wrestlers. So I'd met, I think I spoke to Chris Travis and Paul Robinson, I'm pretty sure, but that wasn't, but if we're talking like the first, in the first official kind of grats meet would be with Cole Cabana in Sittingbourne because kind of getting the internet in my house and discovering independent wrestling and be it Cole Gabbana being one of the big names of that um, of that era uh, of independent wrestling around that time as well and just getting a meeting because he was on the card like in Sittingbourne so he purposely kind of went for him um, and also the Spud Marty feud as well but yeah it was it was cool like he kind of, you know, it was good for me because Leighton was a big fan and I really wanted to make sure Leighton uh, got a picture and Colt was really nice to both us. And yeah, I think that kind of started off the fact at that point from then we started meeting combination of the British stars and obviously like all the Irish guys and European guys and things like that. And we were meeting these top American imports or imports from wherever. I think so Colt Cabana was the first official one back in 2013. That's nice. Um, so bad and you, obviously mate. you had a positive experience there, and uh, oh yeah, we also met. Like it, uh, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a good start as well, as far as that, like. Well, that day as well, we also met Zach, Marty, and Spud. I remember getting. Pictures oh right, there. okay. Yeah, because I was wearing a um, a hoodie. It was like you know what the in betweeners wings of that. I don't know. Oh, hoodie, yeah. like Christmas. Oh bloody hell, that look. <laughs> um okay so um to answer the question that i've asked the rest of you lads as well um what makes a good graps meet it's a combination of everything it's uh whether you you know i think everyone sort of answered the question in a similar way that i would answer it personally um so i think a good graps meet is when you have a you strike a good rapport or a good affinity with the wrestler that's a that's a good um, point made also i suppose you have to be a fan of them as well and you have to enjoy their their work um i think that those are the three crucial things which uh make a good grasp meet and also you and touched on it as well if you sort of get on with the wrestler as well if you kind of know them or they know you from like maybe you know 
attending you know like maybe they work for a certain promotion that you're you're familiar with or you know they wrestled in the like you know a certain area or something like that and they're just familiar with some of the, the fans that turn up to shows uh regularly so it's a little combination of everything quite frankly um i've got an interesting story in regards to my first graps meet or my first official graps meet i should say um i went to so oh i'll uh I'll, I'll be honest with you. I feel like mine doesn't measure up to Adam's because only because he met Mick Foley on his first graps meet. My first graps meet uh, is slightly different, slight change of pace. Um, it was an LDN show in Enfield in September 2006. And uh, I got the uh, old backstage pass gimmick, which LDN did uh, in that era. I don't know if they do now. I've not been to their, one of their shows in ages. Um but, you know, in the similar vein to All-Star, they would do the backstage pass thing. You, know, I think it was like three quid or something like that. And uh, you'd get like a poster for the wrestlers to sign and you get photos for them and stuff like that. Um, I remember this distinctly because um, I had borrowed a digital camera, which was like, nah, you know, about 0.3 megapixels at the time or something shit like that. You know, put it this way. You, you have better cameras on like uh, the worst quality phones in 2020. Um so I just remember really enjoying using the uh, this digital camera to take photos at shows. And I was like, maybe I should just get some pictures with some of the wrestlers um, you know, in the meet and greet. And off to the races I went. So my first official grass meet was the first wrestler I met in the um, meet and greet. And that was Jetta. Uh, she was uh, in a matchup on that show. And... <laughs> I, I still have the uh, the photo to this day. Um, it's quite hilarious because we got photobombed by another wrestler on the, that card called Matt Vaughan, um, where he looks like he's licking my ear, which is actually quite an hilarious uh, photo in all fairness. One thing I noticed at the time, though, is that I was super nervous. And I think it goes without saying, your first scratch meet is always when you're at your most nervous because you're not sure what to expect from the wrestler. Now, Jetta worked heel on her show because, you know, looking at how good she is as just playing the proverbial shithouse, yeah, makes perfect sense that she would be a heel. But in this meet and greet, she was like really, like, you know, you, I mean, at the time, you would have expected the heels to be like, you know, heelish, let's just say. Jetta, to me, she was in character, but she was just like, you know, she had turned it down somewhat, you know. Um, she asked me if I enjoyed the show, and, you know, she was very um, uh, affable, very, you know, you know, very down-to-earth, and that was something which that, that stuck to me, you know, and it still sticks to me, you know, in my memory, what, 13 years on almost. That's cool, though, isn't it? Well, with obviously, we spoke about before how... Jetta is one of them people as well. Just all check up on you. Like she is really nice, even still. Like I met her in 2016, and you know, I think it's always one. If we see each other, always sit, ask how we ask how we are, and you know, things like that. I think that's a great great speed as well. Oh, definitely. Um, okay, yeah. so next round as it were, go around the table. Because um, I know we kind of uh, 
put the handbrake a little bit on Adam. Mm-hmm. So what was the next scratch meet that you had in mind? Well, because you mentioned a, Foley and Angle, that's pretty big already. I know. Well, there's 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 so many stories that I wish I could share, but unfortunately I can only round it up to three. But uh, I think the well, next we'll, one. We'll, we'll, give, we'll give we'll 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 give you a bit of leeway. You can um, share a couple more. Well, yeah. I, I think I think the next one that I'm really proud of is when I actually met uh, the elite. Um, at Epic Encounter, um, can't, uh, was it 2017? Yeah, because I, really, I, really yeah, I really wanted to go to the show, but it sold out, obviously, because it was Kenny at that time. So but I really wanted to meet Kenny Omega, like, so hard. So I was really jealous, like, to you and Paul meeting um, Kenny Omega that day. Yeah, I mean, going, going into the actual show, I was actually a big fan of the YouTube series, the Being the Elite, back back when it originally started. So I, oh, okay. I, I and I, I just remember again it was very similar to McFoley. As as soon as I get to the top of the line, I, I, I I'm like holding up all these feelings inside of me and as soon as as soon as they go, right, you can meet the wrestler, I just explode and I end up just Crushing Matt Jackson so much that I almost crushed his ribs <laughs> in, in, a, in a bound so much that he goes, "Whoa, calm down, buddy." <laughs> but, you know that 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 is that that was so great because I was such on a high that I just literally after that I literally went to all the other wrestlers so high. Because that's that's what a good grabs does. It gives you that adrenaline. It gives you that pump to go right. I am ready for the show. I am ready to like screw my head off. Let's do it. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and and also I I find the um what's interesting about a good grabs meet is if it's a, even if it's after the show, if it's a good grabs meet. You still have that euphoria that you sort of brought in from like the show, and then if it's a good grabs meet, you leave that venue feeling epic. And I've had those before, those experiences before, and yeah, I can attest that. You just feel yeah, there's such a great feeling, you know, when mm. a good grabs meet happens. And actually, I actually remember after that meeting, great, uh, a friend of mine actually came to me. Uh, who I actually met that night, and he actually said to me, that was the best meet and greet I've ever seen in my life. Your re- your reaction to the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega was the best meet and greet I've ever seen in my life. And that's, that's someone who came up to me and told me that. So I'm like, oh, well, I didn't mean to go overboard, but, you know, you're, you're meeting... You're meeting Someone who puts their body on the line, someone who, you know, trains as much as they do just to entertain you. And, you know, I appreciate it. And, you know, so I, I can get a bit over, over OTT and a bit excited. Uh, that's but, that's you know. perfectly understandable because, you know, you, you're meeting these wrestlers who do, as you mentioned, they 
they train their asses off they put everything on the line physically mentally emotionally to entertain the fans and you know when you meet them and you have those experiences with them it's i suppose the you know it's a, it's, a, it's just the, the 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 way for the fans to just sort of you know uh, I suppose it's like a little bit like just paying them back somewhat. Uh, in, in, you know, obviously you can pay them back in, uh, you know, by buying their merch and all that kind of stuff. But it's a different yeah. kind of like just paying them back. You know, like sort of, it, it shows that you care for you know their craft for what they do. You you know you possess that uh, that awe and respect for them for what they do. And it's yeah. It's it's it, it, I mean trying to explain it is actually very hard because you know it's very difficult to sort of pin down exactly what it is but it's just an, an emotion uh, you know, it's a proverbial emotional roller coaster isn't it? Hmm, it is. But it, it's it's such a great feeling because even though it lasts for a couple of seconds maybe a minute but you know it's it's fantastic you know a chance. A chance to say thank you to your idols, your 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 heroes, absolutely amazing, and you know it it, it makes exactly, me want to yeah. be a fan even more. Oh, 100 percent. That goes without saying. So yeah, that, I mean that, that was a that, so so <laughs> so from one elite grabs mate to uh, I assume another. Um, uh, any so what what's your next story that you want to share, Liam? Well, I can. It's not an elite one. I can find one that's something to be like. Everyone else rushes to a wrestler and stuff like that, and it's like you you, you want to join the queue. It's big old thing. This yeah. this scratch me. I can think of. It wasn't anything like that. I think it was just between a low a low in the show or something <coughs> like that. And it was just like someone I wanted to meet at Rev Pro, but. It didn't happen because they couldn't. They somehow they weren't able to come over and do their do their match against my favourite wrestler Osprey. Yeah. So it was just like they couldn't do it. So then Progress had booked them in the Super Strong Style 16, and it was like I'd started watch like watching some of this guy on uh, Lucha Underground. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when Progress announced it, I'm like. I'm definitely meeting this person. Mm-hmm. And that was Aerostar. Really? Nice. Wow. And it was just like in the low, low of the Super Strong Soul 16, like everyone had like wanted to go and meet. I can't remember if people were meeting people or something like that. I just bowled over and just like there was no one else around, I think, because they were still in the building. like thing. So I, I just walked over and just like asked, and so Aero started and went, I could get a picture. Because no one else was around. Another wrestler took the picture for me. So is it Francisco? Oh, right. okay. No, it was Draga. Uh, is it Daga? Oh, oh Daga. Daga. Oh, right, okay. Daga took the, took the picture of me and Aerostar. And then once I'd met him, I was like, I've met Aerostar. And I was like, for, so to do, and the roles were reversed. Me, me and Daga, Aerostar took the picture. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like going from Adams uh, meeting the elite and the like that to me actually getting two people from uh, I yeah, think the, it, it's, the Lucha Libre very... scene 
taking yeah that's taking a very interesting story though in fairness themselves and it's like oh that's, that's like looking again are they a wrestler that this is the thing we you normally have like other wrestlers like your your ojmos or your connor mills or your billy hayes taking photos for you while you're meeting wrestlers yeah but actually getting two of the wrestlers that have come over and were being booked being international talent actually taking photos for you and it's like yeah. vice versa i'm like this is cool <coughs> yeah that, that yeah, is yeah. pretty cool yeah i'll be honest with you liam you yeah i mean you've mentioned that you sort of have a bit of a soft spot for lucha uh in general yeah. um am i right yeah i mean you've told us you know what who one of your idols are and you know that guy's pretty much a master. You know, was a master of the lucha scene. In all fairness, so oh, yeah. it makes sense that uh, you would sort of pivot in that direction when it comes to like uh, favorite wrestlers as well. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely could remember you mentioning Aerostar at the time. In all fairness, so uh, you kept mm. that under your hat. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, that's a, that's a pretty surprising one. Because <laughs> if, he, if, he if he had come over at Rev Pro, I would definitely want would have met him then. Yeah. But due to some other things like flights and stuff, he, they won't be able to book him. Yeah. So I couldn't, I, I didn't get to see Aerostar Osprey. But in my life, oh, which in any I've ring around the world, Osprey versus Frank Mysterio, that would have been amazing. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, shift. Are we going clockwise or anti-clockwise? This imaginary table. I'm not even sure where we're seated, but either way, <laughs> uh, Yuan is next. Um, so let's share another Graps meet courtesy of young master Mackenzie. This is when I met uh, the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh, nice. Well, you've gone immediately god tier then as far as uh, your Graps meet is concerned. Well, so about 2013, I was really into Liger because he was coming over for the first Your Call show. I got into a lot of uh, WCW around that time <coughs> and just started discovering my love of Liger, really. And I'd, I've watched him obviously live a few times before the meet and I'd see him a lot. And I was a big fan, but I was literally shitting it. Like, but I knew I wanted to meet him because I, I thought to myself, he's going to be retiring soon. So if he retires, I, <laughs> I'm gonna regret. I'm gonna regret if I don't meet him. So I was like, 2017 British Shake Up. I'm working by that time. I've got a bit of money in my back pocket. So I, you know, obviously put to do the show and then booked up to meet him as well. Um. So kind of I, I was I was so nervous going up to. I was just like, all right, you know, just keep just keep your composure, just keep cool. He's just a guy at the end of the day, but you kind of, when it's a legend, you kind of want him to live up to your, you know, your explanation. You you want him to live up to your, sorry, image that you've got in your head of him. So going up to him, and he obviously you pass him, you pass the rest as you know, you're eight by ten. Thankfully, he was standing up, weren't sat behind a desk, which is kind of nice. So he just goes, so I go, uh, you know, hello. And he just got to say, ah, hello. Like, he's, he was really, um, like. Mm-hmm. Pillman, the WCW. Uh, and... Sorry, you and you, I think you cut off there. So can you just yeah. sort of backtrack a sentence <laughs> or two? Yeah, sorry, I think my phone's been doing that recently. Um, so, yeah, I said to, I said to Liger, 
but I was a big fan of his um, matches with Brian Pillman in WCW. Uh, and he said to me, oh, yes, I love them too. And immediately I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy's cool. And then we got the picture itself and... Yeah, he did it. He, you know, it was in the proper like Liger mask as well, like with the hair and everything. Um, oh yeah. So I was kind. Of, so I was really glad. And when I after I met him, like I went and met Kashida afterwards, which I got just brought on the day. But I was just so happy that like I was speaking about it because we went for our pub meal uh, afterwards, being a few mates and before the show. Uh, and yeah, me and like, and I was just on a high from meeting Liger and just. The fact he was just he sort of lived up to my image that I still could consider him a legend. He weren't a cunt to me. Like he was actually like one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. Like he just was very appreciative of everyone coming out and and like you know was still I don't care about him in many ways. It was just really nice and I think yeah definitely in my years of wrestling I'm so glad I met Liger. I'm so glad. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying that everyone, virtually everyone that I know uh, who has met Jushin Thunder Liger, it's absolutely, it's almost unanimous that he's, you know, genuinely one of the nicest wrestlers that you could meet, in all fairness. So that does not surprise me in the slightest. Um, Yeah, go on. I was just going to say, definitely, I mean, don't hear a bad word about Liger. I was just so glad he kind of just lived up to my um, expectation. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I met him in uh, the first Your Call show that you mentioned, and uh, yeah, absolute gentleman. Um, I mean, I've got a ton of war stories. I'm going to share one from um, uh, an Eve show, Case Surprise. Uh, but it's not one that you would think, actually, in all fairness, because um, this would be from Wrestle Fever, which was uh, November 2012. So this was the last time I actually took my brother uh, to an Eve show. Um, the long and short of it, um, like normally I, my nan lives in a village uh, in a town near where Sudbury is, uh, where you know, Eve held their shows in the uh, classic era. And the long and short of it, he happened to be there for a week. I happened to be there for the show. I think we bought tickets all very close to the to the show itself. Um, but I just remember um, simple, that little stuff, like, for example, like, my brother got absolutely plastered, <laughs> to say the least. But... Um, I mean, I remember the meet the um, grats meets from that particular show. Um, I'll, I'll I'll just mention a couple very much in brief. The first one was the in ring photo that was with Angelina Love. The and then um, at half time I met Kao Yoniyama, who is uh, better known. I think she yeah she's the uh, promoter of YMZ in Japan and uh, also wrestles in Stardom as Def Yamasan. Um, but, uh, this would have been the first time that I grabbed met, uh, I think the Swapcast's favourite Queen fan, uh, Hello, Dave. 
Did he say, did he say someone's name? He said someone's yeah. name and then the, the, the whole in there went. Six, right, six, I uh, the thought derailed there. It, <laughs> I don't know. I might be. In a circle. Oh, okay. Right. right. Yes. <laughs> you, uh, you need an upgrade there, you and I'm sure. <laughs> you stopped talking on my end as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, you, you mentioned me. a really god, god a god tier wrestling wrestling mate, and the internet went nope. And yeah, the internet <laughs> just died. <laughs> Technology, we're live, pal. Here on the Swapcast, <laughs> wouldn't have it any other way. All right, so as mentioned, Wrestle Fever 2012 uh, would have been the first time I met Emmy Sakura. Um, so quick background: uh, she came over for the Versus Ice Ribbon series, but she uh, was uh, to, to be honest, she was a bit elusive um, over the weekend. It was just simple case of you know we weren't in the same place at the same time, unfortunately. So I thought, ah, oh, shit, she's one that got away. So then she's announced for Wrestle Fever, which is Eve's first ever internet pay-per-view in November 2012. I actually decided to go to that show rather than go to Butlins to see WWE. So, you know, I decided to take the, you know, go full, all in on Eve on that particular weekend. Uh, stat card, everything like that. Now, um, Emmy at the time was the JWP Openweight Champion. At the time, it was the oldest running uh, Joshi Championship in existence at the time. Um, JWP is folded in 2017, and uh, it's now basically become pure J. Um, but, yeah, as mentioned, at the time, this has been a championship that had been around since the early 90s. So it was a very prestigious championship, and also... I think only the second time ever that Joshi Championship had been defended in the UK. The other example being the I-60 Championship uh, in October 2011. And that was, um, oh Christ, Hikari Minami versus Shana on night on uh, show three of the Eversus Ice Ribbon Series. So Emmy defended that championship against Kaylee Ray. Uh, and I remember that being a really good match. Um, and then... Um, Halftime is the first time I meet her. And I just remember thinking she's pretty, you know, she's a pretty big deal here. You know, she's been around for a long time. She, you know, Eve had already bigged her up as this like legendary figure, even back in 2011, 2012. So I'm not going to lie. I was kind of breaking it. And then you, you, you see this infectious personality from from her not you know the language barrier was a uh, a bit steep i'm not gonna lie uh, but you know i thanked her for the match and and stuff like that and then i got a photo with her and um then <laughs> here's part two of the story guys um the main event of Wrestle Fever was um, Alpha Female defending the Eve Championship against Nikki. And finally, this was finally where Nikki won the big one and she became the Eve Champion. Then Emmy comes out and issues an impromptu challenge for the Eve Championship. 
the match is super impromptu. It lasts a couple of minutes, and Emmy wins the title. And then after the show, I was like, I've got to get a picture of her with both belts. Because I saw her at the merch table, and it was like, this was, the per- this was a brilliant photo opportunity. So it was same song, second verse. So I congratulated her for winning the, the title. And then I did what I forgot to do at halftime, and that was buy an 8 by 10 offer. Because I thought it was just the apropos thing to do. And then I I got a picture with her with both the titles. My brother got a picture with uh, her and both the titles, if I'm correct. Um, and, yeah, uh, that was just an interesting story of where I inadvertently somehow, some way, got two graps meets in, in one day with the same wrestler. That's great, that. I think... I've been very rarely to have I done that, but uh, it's happened in the past. Oh, it has. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm not alone then. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'm not, and on an unrelated note, that eight by ten is actually the oldest surviving eight by ten I've got. Wow. That's cool, then. Yeah, so it's a nice little bit of history there, in all fairness. Okay, the next round. I think. Um, let's just see what we're doing as far as time is concerned. Great radio this is. We've come up for two, about an hour and 50 minutes total. Shall we do one more round for timing reasons and then uh, wrap this up? Yeah, sure. Because I think we've got a lot in the tank as far as this Graps Meets um, uh, segment is concerned. Tell me you You've broken up, Dave. Dave, you've broken up. I, have I got to present this now? Oh, I've got to be a host. <laughs> uh, for all dooms. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah. Can hear you now? yeah. Excellent. Yes, yeah, sir. I'm blowing you too much with the Foley story because that was, you know, a great way to start. Shall we say that this round is uh, saving the best for last, as it were? Oh, yes. Kind definitely. Of. Okay. So, fire away with uh, with uh, your final Graps Meet memory of the evening. My final Graps Meet is probably my favourite Graps Meet of all times. I got a chance to meet Rey Mysterio, thanks to Repro. At Summer Sizzler 2017 again. Now, just to give you a bit of context, Rome Mysterio is actually one of the very first wrestlers I remember watching on television. So, getting to meet him and getting to actually thank him for everything he's done for me in my childhood was such a fantastic moment. And, you know, it was just... It, it is my favourite Graps moment because... You know, just to meet, just to meet him live in person, just to see him smile back at me was just, it, it just warmed my heart so much. Um, and I got a photo of him. I lost my shit as I did. Um, I think what what was funny about it was there was a lot of chat in the Resgal at the time, but as soon as I met Mysterio, the whole Resgal just went quiet. It was dead silent. 
and you could only hear me speaking to Ray. It was fantastic. So much so that a Buffalo soldier came up to me afterwards as I was leaving and he told me, I've never seen so much passion in a fan before. You need to come and join Lucha, uh, Lucha Britannia and train. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Amazing. <laughs> that is genuinely amazing. Yeah, uh, I, was, uh, I was just like, yeah, dude, I, I'll consider it. But, you know, he was just like, I, you know, he, and Buffalo just said to me, I've never seen that much passion in the fan. The only time I've seen that passion from people are, are from the wrestlers themselves. You have the passion to do this stuff. Uh, I mean, I was just like, I, I was a bit blown away because this was straight after I met Ray Mysterio, so I was already on a high. I don't know. I think I, think I told him yes, I would do it. Then we're here for. <laughs> We're here, we're here four years later and I haven't even attempted it. So, you know. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, Buffalo. <laughs> oh, you've just, you've just been busy, you know. Sometimes it takes yeah. a bit of time to uh, get your ducks in a row, as it were, with that kind of thing. Oh, that's, yeah, that, that's genuinely an amazing grab to meet that, in all fairness. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think that, that is my happiest grabs meet. I think that's how I'd like to end it. I mean, there's plenty more stories, probably, probably save it for the next podcast. But I think that's the perfect way of ending it for me. Oh de- yeah, definitely. Um, as mentioned, I think we've got, we might even have enough for a podcast in its own right. Actually, um, well, I'll have a chat with you, Anne, about this, obviously, and I'm sure we'll uh, figure out something. This has been. This yeah. has actually been really fun to um, hear some of these stories. In all fairness, are we not doing one more around the table? Because I've got, I've got another I can give off. No, no, no. I was, gonna, I, I was, I was just sort of mentioning to Adam, but obviously, I mean, pulling the curtain back a little bit. This was kind of, sort of, his brainchild, as it were. Obviously, the conversation he had with you was kind of the, um, the seed that was planted. I think we can definitely, uh, we've got, we, this has got legs, let's just say that. Um, so let's move on to Liam. Um, okay, I think the theme here for this one is probably saving the best till last, as it were. Well, yeah, I think uh, we had a... a best is your best till last. <laughs> now, we were saying about, like, I'm into the lucha scene and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, meeting, I'm like, I like, I like that st- style of wrestling. I think me and Adam have, like, copied the same hymn sheet as it were because we've put, like copied each other's tests in this time because my my favorite my favorite great yeah. is meeting Ray Mysterio oh no kidding <laughs> at the same at the same res res meet and greet having um Chris Roberts meet us at meet us at the um door to invite us in and I was like yep yep okay Watching some of the actual lucha trainees actually train in the ring. Well, there's Rey Mysterio standing behind a desk, and you're like, I'm gonna meet Rey Mysterio, who I've actually watched on television, who actually got me into the lucha libre style. Yeah. Because obviously I could have even watched anyone else like the Edge or the Batistas of this world and got into that mat-based and ground and pound thing and been like a mark for Zack Sabre Jr. or something but then 
I got into the Rey Mysterio. I think it was just like the masks and stuff like that. Because like me suffering from like HHD and that, you you, you want to be a, you want to be like a different person as it were. So actually, someone donning a mask and then becoming this superhero, that's what I think I looked up to. No, that makes perf- that makes perfect sense actually, as far as uh, you know. And, and also, you know, I assume you got into sort of like the uh, lucha. Yeah, did your in- lucha influence sort of um, crop up relatively young? Because I w- I'm thinking when Mysterio joined the WWE, you would have been probably in your early teens. I would have thought. Um, yeah, probably. Right. Yeah, so I imagine that that would have been an early influence on you as a wrestling fan in general, I suppose. So, so that makes yeah, perfect so that's, sense to me actually. Yeah, 2000, 
I finished my shift at I think three o'clock, so I couldn't. I, I literally I, I could only do the show. I couldn't do the meet and greet until when I didn't book the day off because it was only like uh, seasonal work as well. So I couldn't. I couldn't even book it off. Otherwise, I'd love to have met Mysterio like so fucking much. I mean, I'm still holding out hope one day that I get to meet him, but uh, unfortunately not. Well, if rumours are oh, no, true, if you were to just go well, down, to be fair, you and he did gone, get murdered. Yeah, if you gone down, Sunday, if you gone to Stanford, so, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. Stanford and stood underneath, you would have tried to catch him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, just to sort of put a pin on that, I mean, it's interesting the two of you, both Liam and Adam, you have that sort of affinity, as it were. I was going to ask actually very quickly for the both of you: Do you actually recall one or so Adam? Do you recall uh, Liam's sort of uh, interaction with Ray, or Liam? Do you recall Adam's interaction with Ray, like vice versa, as it were? Oh. I I can't honestly it... remember. Okay, no, that, that was at, just a genuine, at, at, like, at, curious thought. I was, I was I was such in the moment that I was just <laughs> in my moment at the time. This, no, uh, no, the only mem- memories I can sense. think of is getting in, lining up, and getting to meet Ray Mysterio, but then watching um, Chris Roberts trying to sh- trying to sell us um, more Ray Mysterio stuff, and I was like, <laughs> no, Robert, I've already got the t-shirt. And Dan McGee as well. Oh yeah, it was it's just all, like Roberts is like giving us working. our package, and it's like here's your t-shirt, and then here's your wristband. I'm like, yeah, cool, and it's like, oh, we got these other things at Mars. I'm like. Mate, I've already got Ray Mysterio mask indoors. Mm. <laughs> There's Chris Roberts oh, in his enough. Welsh accent going, Ray Mysterio in the event. That's like that, mate. Fucking hell. No, no, yeah. I mean, I was just genuinely curious if the two of you had sort of uh, seen each other during the, the uh, meet and greet. That's all. Depends but on where we're as Adam mentioned, yeah. I think because you're sort of in the moment uh, meeting, you, you know, one of your heroes sometimes it's you know you put that thought to one side and you just focus on the task in hand yeah oh, i understand all right so yuan hello it's uh nut cutting time for you my friend uh, uh your third and final best of the best till last wraps meet i was trying to i'm really trying to wrap my brains about this and trying to think of the best scraps meet. i mean i've got is i've got two in mind I'm just trying to think which one to tell. Um, hmm. I tell you what, I'll go with this one. I'll save for another one for another time. If we do this again. I'll go with uh, Keith Lee. Oh, interesting. That's a, that's a good um, shout. Now, I've met Keith at the cockpit in July because that was my first cockpit show and it was the first time I've seen Keith wrestle. And I'm a kind of big fan of him straight away. But it was a few weeks later, and I saw him at um, it was at Resgown for XWA against uh, Daisuke Sekimoto in one of the top five best matches I saw in 2017, and that was absolutely brilliant. And after the show, him and Simon also got, two big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah, a couple of meaty fuckers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, after <laughs> they were doing in really pictures with Keith Lee and Simon Gotch and I mean, I was just standing around I was chatting a riddle a little bit I got pictures of Paul James and uh, Session Moth like Second Moto himself and 
some things like that. And I was just quite sad. Paul and Tammy were getting in the ring because they, because I think Paul had done a bit of driving for Dan, so Paul was getting basically Paul was getting a, a free uh, in ring picture with both of them. And Dan just caught me off guard and just said to me, "Come on, jump in." And I was like, "What?" So I said, "I've like, got him cashing me." He goes, "No, no, just get one. It's cool." I was like, "Cool." <laughs> so I got in, and Keith was doing. Everyone who got in the ring with Keith at that point was pick it, was being picked up by Keith. And, <laughs> and, uh, and Keith went, "I am picking you up, brother." Up to me. Don't too much too much strain yourself. I'll tell you what, I'll hug you and just pick me up. And then suddenly I can't get me fucking prepare myself when we bet get me bearings together. He literally picks me up like a child. Puts me, <laughs> on his, puts me on his shoulders. I am so fucking high up. I can't I feel like I'm Concerned, it it proves that it doesn't ha- necessarily have to be, uh, I suppose, with a quote unquote god tier wrestler, as it were. Uh, it doesn't have to be with a legend. It just has to be a graps meet which you just remember the most fondly. And from how you and sort of described the events, and you know, with the you know, uh, one thing you and sort of is you know quite keen on with his discuss lariat podcast is passion. The passion that he t- tells this story as well, it just sort of proves that, like just how important that Graps meet was to him and how much of a fan. Like, I mean, he was off. I think it was perfectly clear that he was a fan of Keith Lee to begin with, but that just cemented yeah. it for him and just uh, oh, put Keith Lee over the top as one of uh, his favourites. Oh, yeah, so much fucking crack that day. It was good. It, it was so. It was just the fact, you know, he just did it and the fact he just. I've never been. You know, I'm quite a big dude myself, and I've just never been physically manhandled in the in the manner <laughs> before. Oh Christ Almighty, I felt so fucking small compared to him. <laughs> and you're like, not exactly cruise weight either. <laughs> oh no, I'll tell you another time as well with Keith because it came up on my memory stay on Facebook was um it was his last appearance of the Indies before he was going WWE and like his last appearance in the UK, so it was a refro. And I said to him, can I get a picture of you? Can I bask in your glory? So they got this picture where I just like, I put my arms out. I'm like, oh, like that. 
And Keith just <laughs> his arms out and just look, it's kind of like no knowing look on his face, like, yeah, he's basking my glory. <laughs> That's a really funny picture as well. I think anytime I've got a picture of Keith, it's always been a fucking good picture. And I love Keith so much. No, I mean the times that I've met him as well, he's such a good he's such a good good chap, you know. Um, yeah. you know, make, makes you like feel comfortable as well. Um, I imagine, you know, if you were someone who was meeting him for the first time, uh, the initial, I suppose, you know, on, on first glance, yeah, he's intimidating. He's a big lad. He can throw people around like they're toys. Your first reaction may be to brick yourself a little bit, but, uh, yeah, he sort of disarms you, sort of like, makes you feel comfortable you know, he's got, got a very easygoing attitude as well. Uh, what's not to like about him? Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Now I've got to uh, wrap this uh, this up with one of mine. Um, I'm not going to talk about my you. absolute number one because I touch on it during uh, my episode of Discuss Lariat, which uh, we'll talk about in plugs later on. I think my episode drops this weekend, if I'm right. It does. Holy shit. How timely is that? <laughs> uh, what, what an excellent plug. Uh, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll go into the plug plugs in just a second. But, uh, I mean, there are certain... I mean, that, I mean, something which I've noticed, a recurring theme in regards to all these grap meat stories is that it's, you know, the, the passion... And the you know the love for the wrestler as well, uh, which comes from everyone, um, which makes it incredibly difficult, I suppose, to pick a, a quote unquote really good uh, grabs meet, if as it were. Um, but I mean, I've mentioned a couple, sort of touched on a couple, uh, but Jesus Christ, I mean, Yuan mentioned that he had been racking his brains before he chose Keith Lee for his last one. I'm going to go a slightly different direction. I'm going to still keep it in a sort of wheelhouse, which I'm sure you would expect me to uh, to put it in. But I'm going to go with um, two... I'm going to go with two graps meets at one show. Now, the show, by and large, was, you know, it was okay. It was... Um, probably the best show of that particular promotion at the time but it's two graps meets which i distinctly remember because i was so hyped to meet these wrestlers in general and as a matter of fact it's not two it's actually three the third almost got away i'm going to talk about so i I count this as a as a three in one because it was on the same show i'm going to talk about um io shirai Kairi Hojo and Maya Iwatani at um, BEW's International Grand Prix 2016. Um, now, BEW's meet and greets are somewhat weird because uh, there are times when they'll be like really good and then there will be times when they're just uh, an unmitigated disaster. Fortunately, this was kind of in the former. The International Grand Prix spanned about four hours, I want to say, it was the best fair, best attended show at the Tooting Tram and Social. Legitimately, like over 200 people in that place. Rammed, absolutely amazing um, show. So, like I said, I'm lumping these three graps meets in the same. 
because they happened, you know, within a couple of hours of each other uh, during one of the. Uh, so I met EO and Kyrie during one of the intervals. I think there was like three of them over the course of the whole show. Um, and then like the other wrestlers on that card, like Santana Garrett and um, oh, there was a couple of others, which I'm drawing a blank on. Uh, and I think after the show, it was like Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray or two as well off the top of my head. Um, so the IGP was, you know, it was a long day. Santana Garrett won the inaugural tournament, if I'm correct. So you can tell I've got a fair few memories of this, all of them which are just, uh, you know, just made me. I think they reaffirmed my love for Joshi. And at the time, I had just started getting into stardom. I'd been, I'd sort of, um, uh, sort of started following them around the tail end of 2015. Um, the two main like wrestlers that drew me in, I, I think I just saw like clips of Chris Wolf and Akji Asakawa on YouTube. That led me down the rabbit hole towards Stardom World, which I subscribed to back when it was on YouTube, rather than uh, the uh, current thing it is today. I got really big into them, you know, when it was announced that Stardom Europe was going to be a thing. So it was a date in France, a date in Spain, and then BW were going to co-promote this show as a Stardom Europe show. And EO, Kyrie, and Mayu were going to be part of it. Uh, Mayu participated in the tournament... Uh, Kyrie was in a tag match uh, with, I want to say, Alpha Female against Tony Storm and Dahlia Black in a match that almost ended up on the streets of Tooting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and EO um, uh, was up against Kaylee Ray in a genuine excellent match. I think it may have been one of my top five matches of 2016. So during one of the intervals, I met. EO and Kyrie, and no word of a lie, without a shadow of hyperbole, genuinely two of the nicest people, like two utter sweethearts. They seemed so like appreciative of the fans that were, you know, that, that, I mean, there was a long line for both of them as well. So I'm amazed that I managed to get to meet both of them. Yeah, they were just so humble, so down to earth, just so appreciative of the fans. Um, and, uh, you know, I just remember coming, you know, going back to my seat for the next segment of the show, just being so happy that I'd met them because I'd, I'd met them, I'd watched them from afar as it were on, uh, online. And then I'd, you know, I I was, you know, seeing them live. I think EO's match was in the next segment of the, um, show, but uh, I'd seen Kyrie and, you know, I thought she was amazing. Um, and then the one that almost got away was Mayu. But I bumped into her as I was leaving. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I got a, sort of this unique bit of merch from her, which I think is like a, like a I can't remember. It's like a pen pennant or something like that, um, which I bought off of her. And I've got a picture of her. And... She was really nice as well. And I know I'm probably going to go through my cliche book when I say it, but that was the proverbial cherry on top of a really enjoyable evening and afternoon and day in general. I just remember coming off that, on you know, come out of that venue on such a high because I'd met uh, 
um, you know, at the time, the three pillars of stardom, um, the three daughters of stardom, as it were. Um, and at the time, they were absolutely like they're, they're probably three of the best workers in Joshi in 2016 by Country Mile. Um, and yeah, I was so thrilled to have number one seen them live and then number two to have met them. And then they lived up to what I what, what I suppose what my expectations were and then some. Uh, that was the crucial thing, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a graps meet or three graps meets in this case <laughs> that I'll remember for a very long time. Amazing, awesome, awesome. Also, one thing to mention, they really helped take the um, a bad taste out of my mouth in regards to uh, the only bad match on that card, which was surprisingly the guest men's match between the Buffet Club and uh, Team BEW which was an eight-man tag, which stunk the place out. <laughs> Legitimately, I mean, I, I think there was like a bunch of red, like fans who were there just for the just for Io, Kyrie, and Mayu, and no word of a lie, everyone that, you know, those fans must have gone out for a cigarette or gone for a piss because out of like that 200-plus crowd, there was probably only about 50 people watching the men's match. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That shows you how over the girls were, especially the starving girls. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, genuinely, I'm, you know, that was like one of the more anticipated grass meets of uh, my lifetime and definitely the one I was the most thrilled that I had done, even if it was in a shitty little tram shed in the arse end of South London. Well, it's way of it's me, me, yeah. You know? <laughs> I think the I think the key there, Yuan, is if you meet them, not where you meet them. I, I would have <laughs> gladly met them in a car park in like the arse end of the universe at like three a.m. I would have met them. That's the key. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I won't this. I won't tell the full story, but one because I think uh, me and um, our furious talk a lot about Gratz meeting in pubs when it comes to our episode. But um, I couldn't say a lot. I met Jordan Devlin once in the pub. <laughs> Was this a story you told me about meeting him in the Gifford? Yeah, this is the one, yeah. Yeah, you've told me this off air, but it's, started, it's yeah. worth sharing. Oh, I'll quickly share it then. Uh, um, basically, so I'd obviously I'd gone to the Gifford, mostly because a few pals had gone there and me and Lawson were rooming together for the night. So I was like, all right, it'll want to be here till the end of the night. So everyone was upstairs partying, what have you, all the wrestlers, as you do. I'm, I'm not one of the people like, like during that night anyway, I'd gone up to the bar to get a drink and I'd seen Dunky there and just said hello because he knows me. Um, but I hadn't, you know, intentionally kind of gone over. I don't intend to go to wrestlers because that's their personal time, you know what I mean? But um, so what I did. Oh, fair enough. So what I did instead is I said to a friend of mine, Hayley, I said, I'm going to sit down on the stairs for a little while because my back's killing me and I kind of want to just update a few things on my phone, you know, like my little like my wrestling stats and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I sat down and at the end of the night, so everyone's clearing out and uh, definitely comes pondering over, sit a bit, you know, a few sheets to the wind. But just sees me and obviously knows me at this point as well and just goes to me, you and you and you and you and you and to me. And then he said, I'll say I am. And I said to him, Oh, yeah, I'm good. I meant to uh, say hello to you at the actual 
uh, during Fight Club itself, but I said like the line for Quackenbush was that that big. I just you went away, so I couldn't say hello to. It. I was like, oh, the next time it goes to me, uh, don't worry, mate. It goes, it's Quackenbush. I totally understand. He's a legend. I was going to say on a very quick side note, Quackenbush at the as we speak, as we record this, hopefully the yeah. opportunity will arise in the future. But he's currently the grabs meat that got away for me. I mean, so maybe, yeah, I maybe, must admit I'm insanely jealous of you. <laughs> maybe, if we, maybe if we do another podcast, this I'll tell the Quackenbush story. But uh, quickly get back to oh, this. Christ, yes. I'll quickly back to this. So I asked, I'll say to Jordan, well, I'm wearing the T-shirt anyway. Do you mind if we got a picture now? <laughs> um, and uh, he went, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, so it was, I think it might be Haley who took the picture, actually. It was someone who took the picture for us. It was definitely a mate of mine. And definitely got up in his uh, stool behind me just to stand and make sure he looked taller than me. And then whilst he was up there, just stayed up there for ages and uh, showed me his new t-shirt design and everything like that and then actually said bye to me and gave me a hug and everything and uh, that was it <laughs> so I was like yeah I was quite happy for that nice I mean as far as like uh, Graps meets outside of the Graps as, it con- as concerned that's probably pretty good That, that I mean that ranks pretty high as what you would expect a Graps meet from outside the Graps to be like oh yeah, yeah that's, pretty, that's pretty good All right, lads. So I think, we, you know, to be honest with you, we, I've had a fuckload of fun listening to these stories and telling my stories as well. Um, I think we there's two options here, and um, I think we could either do this as a recurring segment on the Swapcast, or we could probably break this off into a podcast of its own. Um, I mean, definitely, it's been fun. It has been fun. It's been It's been great. Reliving good memories and hearing good memories as well. Indeed, and you know, uh, there's still a lot in the tank, as it were, as far as these stories are concerned. Um, I think that's the the part. Of, I mean, in all fairness, that's the part of uh, wrestling shows which I certainly enjoy the most, like meeting the wrestlers and uh, getting the opportunity to, uh, I suppose, yeah, shoot the breeze with them to, you know, get get their merch to get photos with them and all that kind of thing. The interaction between wrestler and fan. Um, I think in this era is the one thing that I definitely miss the most. Yeah. It goes without saying. All right, lads. So yeah, I mean, we'll definitely consider doing either this as a recurring segment on the Swapcast, or, you know, we might uh, go full, uh, full, um, uh, out for fully I'll make all it in special. maybe doing a bonus uh, a bonus podcast yeah it's, a spe- uh, it's, be- it's definitely a special yeah just like it's a special we'll bring it type thing yeah just definitely like more people around oh yeah, yeah and of course you know the the um you know we could explore that avenue have like maybe a recurring guest on there as well to you know talk about their favorite graps meets and all that kind of stuff and if they've got any particularly interesting stories it's always it's always good to listen to that kind of thing in all fairness there's a i think you know i mean you could argue this is almost like the pilot episode um, i think we're almost guaranteed to get you know we're almost guaranteed to pick this up in all fairness going forward yeah i think it was a very good episode and you know 
Absolutely. Know, happy to come on again. I mean, indeed, I, 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 you know, Adam, you're more than welcome to uh, rock up on a swapcast uh, you know, whenever you can. Um, yeah, exactly. Obviously, just in case the stars aligning and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right, lads. Um, let's wrap this up because we've gone nearly two and a half hours. Um, it's been, it's we've, we've almost beaten money in the bank, I think. There's <laughs> <laughs> been more fucking entertaining than money in the bank. Who's jumping off their balcony then? from the grapple, lads, I'm sure. Who's getting chucked off a balcony then? I have no oh, idea. I'll do it. Well, Liam, considering we're the very mysterious fans here, I think it's oh, yeah. us. <laughs> oh, one of us gets chucked, yeah. <laughs> oh, Christ, this got dark in a hurry. <laughs> Fo- oh, yeah. Follow yeah. the leader, hey? Yeah, and then, oh, yeah, like, Corbin, Corbin throws over the two people that I've actually grabbed that. I'm like, bastard. <laughs> Is that trying to say something, Mr. Corbin? If I meet you in person, you're throwing me off a balcony. I have got to quickly mention something before we uh, start wrapping up. When I mentioned earlier, Dark, dark Side the Ring with her Babrooms. Oh, Jesus. Oh, amazing, amazing episode. Oh, so good. I loved I, it. I don't normally watch it because I always find there's always other things I'm watching before I get round to Dark Side of the Ring, but I did make sure to watch the Herb Abrams episode. And Christ, I'm like, that boy was always fucking tits, weren't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I kind of wish he was still alive so I can meet him. Yeah, I'd love to, man. <laughs> Genuinely very interesting bloke. In yeah. more ways than one, for better or worse. Because the way he was portrayed... He was one of us. He, he was a fan. Yeah. I've never I've never had the desire with a load of money to, uh, you know, do cocaine and shag a load of prostitutes. Yeah, to be honest with you, and the Scarface lifestyle doesn't really suit you, I don't think. Yeah, I'm more, <laughs> the, uh, I'm more of the Mr. Nanny lifestyle myself, aren't I? Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of the, you know, obviously Dark Side of the Ring. I mean, it's been a really interesting series. I think the um, Herb Abrams episode is probably, uh, in my book, second only to the Benoit two-parter as far as yeah. like favorite episode of the series so far. I do need to get around to that at some point. The Benoit doubleheader because I think every oh, time that was amazing. That I was think, so yeah, good. We- because I finish work at five o'clock between Monday and Friday, and I don't really want to watch a really heavy documentary straight away, so I might try and do it on Saturday when it's like light out. I might do it during the day, so like um, that way, that way I can I think uh, at least you know <laughs> like I'm not in darkness watching it. That'd be nice. But so uh, yeah, I will get around to watching that. Yeah. Um... Speaking, like I said, speaking of Herb Abrams, I I remember listening to the uh, I think Between the Sheets, which is a podcast I listened to, uh, did a, a Patreon uh, special on Herb Abrams and the UWF, and uh, that was a pretty deep dive into uh, the happenings and stuff like that. I mean, the whole concept of Between the Sheets is that they look at like the um, news, newsletters of the era and um, and whatnot, and uh, it's a you know it's a good way to spend like. 
I think what anything between four and six hours every week of uh, you know just uh, listening to that and listening to what happened when on a certain uh, week of uh, of the year. As a matter of fact, Yuan, um, <laughs> this is going to be the clunkiest segue into plugs ever. But um, yeah. you know the match we talked about on uh, Discuss Laria, which apparently yes. my episode is dropping this weekend. It the is. Yeah. The sheets did uh, that particular week. Did they? I believe it was May 7th through the 11th, 1995. And uh, the match that we talk about is on May 7th, 1995. If I've got my dates right. I I think it is, yeah. Incredible timing. Um, I won't spoil the match, but uh, we will talk a little bit about maybe the wrestler when we go to plugs. And that's what we're going to do. So... (laughs) Yuan, do you want to start with the plugs? I put you on the spot, haven't I? Yes, but you think you'll be still last. So, uh, Adam, we'll start with You're you. Not... Oh, you bastard. You're normally last anyway, Yuan. <laughs> all right, all right, we'll, we'll go around the table then. We'll start with Adam. Yeah, I mean, guys, you can find me at Captain Markout on Twitter. I mean, that's what I'm really on. Uh, in terms of wrestling, so if anyone wants to follow me and talk about wrestling, feel free to. And you know, let's let's talk wrestling. Thanks. Indeed. Um, Liam. Okay. Um, on Instagram, I'm Liam Liam five nine nine one. I should have retro Grax meets up on there sooner. I can go through my Google photos and find them because I've just found out that I did meet both the Owens Owen sisters at, at a, an Eve show apparently didn't realise I thought <laughs> I've only met Casey before so um, hashtag so hidden grass meat well yeah that's what Google Google Photos is about now nice. and on Twitter I'm LiamS1991 and I should have a lot of pictures on my Twitter feed from realising I've had uh, Twitter for no, no Google. No, I didn't mean that. <laughs> See, that's fine. I say that. I say her name. She answers. But yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Liam5901, on Twitter at LiamS1901, and then I should be. Yeah, you won't see me outside until I'm doing this exercising daily thing for unlimited time, and if I'm meeting one of my fa- one of my favourite friends, apparently now, one out of a household. Interesting. Uh, All right. So, so, um, so, so drop, 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 me some shit, D- drop, me, drop me some DMs, and I'll probably come and meet you. You're one, 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 me outside your door for two meters of a chat. I thought it was um, Dave and Ian, the brickies from Beacon Tree, from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I'm not there. I'm not there anymore. <laughs> oh Christ. Um, all right, so I'll plug my shit now uh, because why not? Uh, it's only because Joanne's got a ton of shit to plug himself. Um, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at it's Dave Jarvu. I'm mm. hoping to uh, post some retro grats meets myself. Actually, uh, I think that could be a really good hashtag to sort of uh, to uh, use. Um, I've used the Instagram story to do vintage grats meets, so that's. Uh, something which I want to get back into the groove of doing. 
but just because of this uh, lockdown era i've not really had an opportunity to get my shit together as far as all that's concerned uh, that's on me i'm afraid um but uh, yeah that's uh, definitely something um that i want to do um yuan yes plug your socials and let's plug this uh, discuss lariat thing um, mostly wishing people happy birthday on Instagram at the moment. I, I did do a couple of retro rat space a few weeks back, but uh, I myself, I'm going to start posting some old pictures, I think, in a few weeks, next uh, couple of days. Um, you can listen, follow Discuss Lariat at Discuss Lariat. Uh, we've got seven episodes out thus far, all spanning from uh, Mr. Perfect to Masawa to Carmella. And this week, as you mentioned, Dave, we've got you on and you're talking about Manami Toyota. So, yeah, it's a long one, but it's worth it for the match we're talking about and the stories. Yeah. And uh, as mentioned earlier, I think it's just the most timely one, actually, I think you've done because obviously, um, you know, this, well, as we record this on the 12th, just a, under a week shy of the 25th anniversary of the show of this particular match that we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's timeliness. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, and then you can follow at MXL Swapcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, obviously, we've got this. The long and short of it is that Yuan's actually remembered the password for the you know the login and I stuff, so he's uh, helping uh, sort all that out too because I'm terrible at it. I've been on this fleet, don't I? I've been on it. Um, you, yeah, you can listen to this episode. You listen to it at the moment. We've did a uh, Wrestle Kingdom special couple of episodes. We did a review, and we did a watch along. We've done watch alongs for Riptide, Stardom, Fight Club Pro. If you listen to them, and yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going at the moment. We're doing weekly content basically, and uh, yeah, so go and check it out and give us a like or whatever you want to do, and just let us know what you think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to uh, quote a uh, a certain song that a certain wrestling promotion like is uh, kind of uh, associated with, we started from the bottom. Are we here <laughs> yet? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, lads, it's um, it's been a pleasure uh, this week on the Swapcast. Um, as mentioned, we've just. Uh, clocked in at just over two and a half hours so uh, a little bit uh, shorter than last week's episode that's for certain because Christ knows that was incredibly uh, short, for well shorter than I thought it was going to be in all fairness um, yeah I think we've gone from like Wrestlemania timings to Money in the Bank timings <laughs> <laughs> so gentlemen uh, Adam and Liam thanks for joining us for, uh, thank for you for having me indeed no. as mentioned uh don't be a stranger. I'm sure we got, we'll have you back on at some point, Adam. Same with you, Liam. Uh-huh. To be fair, it would be nice if you could just bugger off for a week or so. <laughs> you know the old I'll expression, try. how can I miss you if you won't go away? I can get lost. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never change, it's... Liam. But yeah, gentlemen, thank you so well, much for joining yeah. us. Seeing we're allowed out to exercise unlimited now, so I might just walk and stop and not and end up somewhere else now. This does not bode well for anyone outside of barking. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but 
but yeah um as mentioned once again it's a it's been a pleasure and for you Anne, this is dave and we'll speak to you at some point down the line here on the swapcast take care everyone so much Uh... sweet jesus